Alvin, you've disgraced me for the last time. <laughs> just like Gary Cooper, huh? I think the cartoon just started. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Acme Podcast Incorporated. I'm Laser J, and I need things explained to me on a regular basis. And with me, as always, is my good buddy. It's your co-host, Kai. How's it going, everybody? Yep. And we're coming back here for the second week of Mecha March, and I just decided not to make a bumper for it. Uh, I'm sticking to that. Mm. Uh, maybe, maybe, you know what? Uh, I was going I meant to ask you this off- off recording, but I think I'll ask you now. Mm-hmm. If we end up, if our seasons work out that we always end up recording in March, and it March is always a uh, a three-year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to keep Mecha March going until we run out of Mech series? Mm, maybe we'll see. Okay, because I I can. On, you know. Yeah. Because I can think of a couple more mech series that I'm curious about that I'd like to jump into. Mm-hmm. Um, if we can find the sub of the Vescafoni TV show, I'd want to talk about the show. Yeah. I'll be honest, I'm fine watching the dub of it. Um, mm. uh, preview for my reaction to Escaflone. I wish we were watching the show. <laughs> uh, I liked I... it a lot. I, I liked it a lot. Uh, I just wish yeah. there was more of it. I, I yeah, it has. We'll, 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 we'll get, get there. there. We'll get there. But we'll yeah, get there. Um, but yeah, today we're talking about. For those who didn't sh- hear last week, we're talking about uh, Mobile Suit Gundam 08 the MS Team and Escaflone the movie. Yep, uh, 1996's 08 the MS Team, not counting Miller's report. Yeah, which uh, was like a compilation movie with some extra footage no it miller's report is about the inquest into shiro's uh court martial hearing inquiry yeah no the inquest which is the fancy legal term for an inquiry but yeah ah okay um at least i think it is i always hear it in legal dramas didn't know that was a real word. Now I yeah, know. yeah. Uh, inquest is like the investigation for the legal proceeding or something like that. Got it. Um, I like courtroom dramas. So, mm-hmm. also, I have. I hate to perpetrate a stereotype, but I have family member who are lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's not you perpetrating a stereotype. Yeah. Well. Yeah, that's my family. Uh, one side of the family is all highly educated, and the other is really not. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but that—that's uh, so. Yeah, we're we're doing Oit the Mess Team and Escafloni the movie. I'm just gonna say it before we jump into our weeks. I've I've kind of jumped back and forth a little bit over the years. Oit the Mess Team is my favorite Gundam. Period. It's Full still stop. one of. It's still one of it's out of all the ones I've seen, definitely still one of my favorites. <clears throat> I I like the mech designs in Stardust Memory 
just a little bit more, or at least for the, the, the initial Gundam and the big bad Gundam, I really like those designs. Sephiranthes and the, uh, I forget the, the bad one, the evil one. Five, the, the GPO3. Yeah. They're all named uh, no, I'm sorry. They're all named after flowers. Yeah, the uh, the GPO2, I mean, sorry. The GPO3 is what Shiro Mata, not Shiro, what Stardust Memory Guy gets after upgrading from the full Burnham. Um, but, uh, we'll get more into that when we actually talk about the, uh... Yeah, yeah. The show. Uh, I, 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 like... I realized why I liked, uh, Stardust Memory so much. And that's because it has the same mech designer as Macross. Mm. Well, there you uh, go. Yeah, and Macross, as we'll get into next week, is one of my favorite mech... Robotech was my first exposure to the concept of mecha. Yeah. And so a lot of my love of mech design and just mech series comes from Macross. Yeah. Macross through Robotech. (laughs) The Harmony Uh, Gold fucking whatever the fuck is going on with that. Robotech is we're that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting to talk about, but we'll we'll talk about that next time. I okay. Okay, we will, but I just I need to come away with one thing. I think you're just a little too harsh on Robotech because I'm not harsh good. on Robotech. I've I hate Harmony Gold, not Robotech. That's fair enough. Yeah, uh, Ro- Macross is solid. Um, Robotech is also solid. Like it's amazing how coherent it is, uh, considering they mashed together three different series and they still wound up with a coherent story. That's besides the point. Sorry, uh, but. Oh, MS team is my favorite Gundam, full stop, that I've seen so far. I haven't seen Zeta or really anything newer than Oh, MS team. <laughs> mm. With a little caveat there, so let let's uh, let's jump into our weeks, and I'll go real quick, and then you can have a go at it because my thing is just one thing. We talked about this last week, but all my free time has basically been me looking up Gunpla. Yeah. Uh, And I started getting curious about other Gundam series, and I'm still uh, on my thing of I want to finish uh, the original Mobile Suit Gundam before I jump into Zeta, Double Zeta, Shars Counterattack, anything like that. Anything Universal Century. I've seen 08MS team before. I've seen War in the Pocket. I've seen Stardust Memory before, so I don't mind watching those again, but um, anything that I haven't, yeah, I need to finish the one year war basically. What you um, should do, in my opinion, is you should read the origin manga. I could, I could do that, but my my desire is to do both. Hmm. I want to read that original. I, I want to read the, the, the fancy new manga adaptation. From a few years ago, and I want to watch the original series because I want the full thing. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah. Mm, fair enough. Uh, the, the the original series is more of a. I started it when I was in middle school because that's when it aired on Toonami. I would like to finish it. Mm. Uh, I got up to when Rio died. Mm. Uh. Like, that's literally the last episode I remember watching. Rio's core fighter exploding. Mm. 
uh, spoilers for Mobile Suit Gundam. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. You were saying you were saying about uh, Gunpla. Oh uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I've been spending all my time looking at Gunpla, and I, I decided, you know what? Um, outside of Universal Century, I'll check some stuff out. And so uh, I was looking at Gunpla. I was like, I kind of like this Exia. Oh yeah, from Double O. Yeah. So I decided to check out Double O. Oh. I uh, did not make it very far into it, honestly. I, I had a hard... it. Mm-hmm. I should have given it more of a try. Because uh, I didn't even make it through the first episode. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Uh, I just immediately had flashbacks to watching Wing on Toonami and thinking, well, here's I, the th- I don't much care for this. Well, here's the thing. How I, I'll, what I always tell people about Double O is that if you liked Wing as a kid, watch Double O because Double O is the is Wing's concept but done well. Uh, okay, I don't like Wing. Didn't like Wing then. I don't like Wing now. So. Well, <laughs> you don't even have to like Wing. It's just that like it's Wing's concept but actually done well. Yeah, like the, the thing is the idea of the um inter- independent Gundam elite unit trying to play peacemaker between two warring sides and then getting caught up in the war anyway and all the drama and blah blah blah. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of really good shit in it. Okay, I'll, I'll give it another try, but there, there was a lot of just like... I I just had... I was just having a real hard time. Maybe I'll, I'll give it another try at some point. Yeah, you're, but, you, you didn't even finish the first episode. Like, that's not fair. Yeah, I know it's not. I was also distracted and had other stuff I wanted to do, frankly. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but I yeah, like a lot of the I like all of the suits in Double O, and uh, the only reason I stopped Double O for a little while was because it was like it was hurting my soul. Big feels. Big feels. It hurt me physically. Hmm. It was, like, lots of real... Like, it was well-written, and it was it was just, like, painful to watch in a good way. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do get what you mean. Okay. Uh, that's my week. Okay. Well, I didn't really do much of anything. So, what you got? <sighs> okay, well... Do you want the big one or the small one first? Uh, I'm kidding. I think they're both. Good. They're. I don't have a lot to say about both of them actually, but the one of them is big because of reasons. Okay, I'm gonna say big second. Uh, All right, well, the small thing was everybody kept recommending to me, and I had only read a little bit of it beforehand, but now I caught up with uh, Mashal. Oh. Magic with Muscles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for those who haven't read Mashal, the idea behind Mashal is it's about a kid named Mash who was born in a world of wizards, but he has no magic. Yeah. And then he proceeds to join a wizard school, a la Harry Potter, and basically, through his own physical power, beat a bunch of wizards and prove that he can be a really great person to improve that his existence is worthwhile even though he doesn't have magic you skip the part where he spends his entire childhood doing physical training oh yeah he's just yeah he's just he's just rockley 
he, he's a little bit Rock Lee. He's a little bit Saitama. What if Rock Lee had... What if Rock Lee... Ha, what's the word I'm looking for? What if Rock Lee had, like, no social skills whatsoever? <laughs> yeah. Basically, yeah. Like, no social skills. Some people could say Sa- he doesn't. Um, Saitama has no social skills. Yeah. So, yeah so that, that, that's why Saitama does feel like a closer... To me, at least. feels like a closer comparison. But um, I, I think Rock Lee... Rock Lee, is diff- Rock Lee has a different type of social thing with him. He's really extroverted. He's just really... Awkward. Awkward, yeah. <laughs> An awkward extrovert. Uh, or You know what? No, awkward's not the right word because I think he's perfectly comfortable with who he is and acting how he feels appropriate. He's just operating on a different set of rules. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't know how to, like, turn his dial down. Yeah. He's always at a 10. Mashal has no common sense. No common sense, and you start... You start saying really basic concepts to him, and he just like his brain turns off. Yeah. Like oh, he you you over explains. He his brain turned off. Give it to him in simple terms. I sorry, my bad. I think he, the mo- he, go on. Uh, I was gonna say he needs the ex. He, if you try to explain why the light bulb turns on to him in terms of electricity flows in flows through the the wire, which causes it to glow and illuminate. Uh, or I know that's not right, but that's basically it. And the then most basic terms. Uh, he he, the answer he needs is just I flipped the switch and it turned on. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. And the thing that I when I sort of when I started Mashal, what I didn't realize after, well, at least. It's like, oh, this is this is a comedy. This is a gag manga. Yeah, and it is. But there it's have compelling. been it's yeah, it's compelling, and there have been more than a few genuine like heart. It has genuine heart. Yeah, it that it it has that, and that's what sets it above other gag manga like bo 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 bo. In... Although Boba Bo has its own appeal. Yeah, no, 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 don't get me wrong. I'm not going to shit on Boba I don't know enough about Boba Bo 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 to say anything bad about it. Yeah. Like, I, I just know it's a gag manga, and it's really random, and I want to see it, but I just never have been able to bring myself to sit down and do it. Um, It's compelling, though. Yeah. Yeah. The things that happen in it are... It's like, at the end of the day... It most of the time it doesn't take itself too seriously, and then it like out of nowhere, gut punch. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, genuinely cool shonen fight. Yeah. Or whatever. Because know. another thing is he's not um, he's he's doing things so powerfully and so fast. That you can't tell the difference between him doing it his way and someone casting magic. Yeah. I love his, like, workarounds. Like, my favorite one was when he had to ride a broomstick. 
and he just like kicked off the ground and like started like kicking his legs in the air to yeah. stay in to stay in the air. He couldn't move, but he could stay in the air. He Yoshi jumped. Except and then he sustained it. And then he grabbed the ball and hurled it in such a way that it kept circling the little like ring oh and kept scoring over and over and over again. Yeah. And it like I said, it is def it is basically trying to parody Harry Potter. Um, yeah, it it um because I mean it, he even the when they give him the fake magic mark, it literally looks like the lightning bolt from Harry Potter. Yeah, it 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 is that, but I also feel like it's trying to do with like young adult fantasy novels what yeah. One Punch Man is trying to do with superhero stuff. Yeah, it's also trying to parody, like, shonen series of a similar type, like, yeah. um, fairy tale. Fairy tale is a good. I, I was gonna say that there's like a lot of isekai that kind of have this feel to it, where it's like a guy is reincarnated as a young noble and winds up in a a, a magic academy or something like that. Yeah, uh, Black Clover. Also, yeah, especially Black Clover because Black Clover's whole shtick is World of Wizards. Main character has no magic. Yeah, except he kind of does. It it's like a weird cop out. It it's like, yeah, I haven't. It's an, it's anti magic. Yeah, that's what it is. He has anti magic, yeah. and to be fair, they do commit to that. <laughs> that's good. They, he like he there's some bullshit that happens later, but it's like how do I put this? It never feels like at least from what I've seen, it never feels like it, it didn't it, it copped out of its concept, right? Like yeah. it turns when you you find out later the reason he has anti magic is because he has a there are apparently mages that can make deals with devils and like use their magic like warlocks. Mm-hmm. And have they can use their own magic and the devil magic? Apparently, Asta, the main dude, has a devil inside of him. Oh, so it, it's Naruto, except it stays committed to its concept. Exactly, because the thing is, is that like Naruto, he has the Kyuubi, and it's like one of the big ten, ten, one of the ten, the tail beasts, or whatever the fuck, and it's like the super powerful thing. Like when Asta fights uh, one of the guys from the kingdom that have demons inside of them, like, they're, all of their rulers have, like, devil magic. Mm -hmm. The devil inside of him is, like, I don't know who the fuck that clown is. The devil inside of Asta. He, and then you find out, oh, he's just a nobody. <laughs> <laughs> like, the demon inside of him is a nobody. Like, yeah, he's, a, he's a shitty demon. You, you got, you know, you got your Beelzebubs, you got your Lucifers, you got your uh, Liliths, and then there's Steve from Accounting, who's technically a demon, but not really. It's like, the deal is, is that apparently he, he, say he was such a shitty demon that other demons bullied him. <laughs> oh, I, I love him! And now he's like... And he's real pissed about it. Oh, I love him. Oh, I need to get back into Black Clover. Shit. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, maybe Black Clover's okay. <laughs> yeah, I need to get back. Oh man, I was. I wrote it off real early. I was like, 
it, this this feels real middle of the road. I I need to get back into it. Yeah, they they also have a lot of themes of like nobility versus you know commoners, common people, commoners yeah. and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know what? I could see this being good. Yeah. Like all the stuff I've seen from it and heard about, it, I'm like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't have written this show off. I I wrote it off alongside like um fairy tale. No, I wrote that off far earlier, but I wrote it off around the same time I wrote off uh, Seven Deadly Sins. Yeah. Yeah, I never... The only thing I know about Seven Deadly Sins is that Escanor fucks. That's it. I don't know who that is. He's the big buff guy who gets stro- who gets stronger the, the, the higher the sun is in the sky. Oh, I, I don't think I ever got that far. He's basically Alex Louis Armstrong. Oh, okay. That's the only thing I know about him. I think I got introduced to the giant lady, and I was like, all right, I'm out. <laughs> this is just horny. I mean, fair. Uh, I'm not against series being horny. I'm all for the horny. I just... Yeah, I know what you mean. I, but... I like things compartmentalized a little, you know? Like, I want a series... To commit to being horny. I don't want it to be a fantasy series with horny designs, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But the... But knowing some of that and seeing some stuff, I'm like, you know, maybe I should give Black Clover a chance. Yeah. I don't know if it'll be good, but maybe it's better than I give it credit for. Yeah, I'll I'll probably jump into the manga later this week. Mm. Uh... Maybe I'll watch some of the anime and we can, you know, touch base. Yeah. But, um... Anyway, uh, that's... Mashal good, go read Mashal. Yeah. I'm definitely gonna get back to Mashal. It's been a while, but I'm gonna jump into that for sure. Uh, the other thing was, um... Because I have a new computer. Uh, I have no... Uh, Ah, yeah, I know what this is now. I have no excuse anymore. My, all of my friends have been telling me to do it for a very long time. Start playing Final Fantasy XIV. <sighs> you motherfucker. What do you want from me? I didn't have an excuse anymore. Yeah, no. I, um... I, I just... I don't... I guess not a judgment call. I just feel betrayed. You like, MMO motherfucker. It's the only one I've ever played. I'm kidding. I don't give two shits. Yeah, no, it's just that, like, whenever all of our friends are talking about 14 and the two of us are just dying. Uh, I'm not dying. I like hearing people talk about MMOs. I just don't like playing them. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I started playing 14. Obviously, the, the free version. It's free up to 60 now, actually. Oh. Yeah, level 60. And the level nice. cap is 80. So. It's That's free. Good. Yeah. Basically, you get to play uh, the base game all the way, like, the main quest of the base game, uh, Romaborn, and all the way up to the end of Heaven's Word, which hmm. is the second expansion, for free. Nice. And then if you want to play Stormblood and Shadowbringers, they're like uh, 20 gotta, bucks a pop, right? I think so. Yeah, it's not too so, bad. So, yeah, basically you get the once you if you want the full game you gotta buy uh, the uh, 
bundle. Uh, and then the bund if you buy the bundle, uh, you you get like a a month free on the subscription. Hmm. And that comes with Shadowbringers and the uh, base game. Nice, nice. And then the new expansion is coming out. Also, Endwalker. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they're adding a new class, and apparently they're going to the moon in the story. I have no idea what the fuck is up with that. <laughs> I'll get there, I guess. I don't know, but you know, don't skip none of them storylines because they're all relevant. No, I know. I mean, I'm not. I'm. I plan on playing the story. Yeah. I mean, what's the point otherwise? Yeah. The other thing oh, well, about rating. No, I'm kidding. I mean, I mean, I'm sure rating is fun if you're if you're into that sort of thing. Yeah. Um. I don't get it. I've played MMOs enough to get to the point of rating, and I just don't get the fun. But that—that's just me. Yeah, it's not for everybody. Just yeah. like how craft, just like how crafting isn't for everybody either. Yeah, it's also not for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I do enjoy a little Minecraft though. But I think one of the things I'm most excited for is there's going to be. Some more Final Fantasy X references in Endwalker, apparently. Oh. Um, Anima is going to be a boss in that. Uh-huh. Seymour, Seymour Summon from Ten. never mind. You never did play Ten, did you? I've never played any Final, Final Fantasy. F- I, I played the wow. demo for Ten too. Ah, well. <laughs> one of the one of the summons from Ten. Oh, I also played a little bit of uh, Tactics Advance. That's it. That That's it. Yeah. It just just look her up, but she she originally came from Ten, and she's only ever appeared in a couple other games. Hmm. Uh, Anima, Anima, A N. Anima. Yeah, I'm familiar with the term. She's very cool. Yeah. One of my favorite summons in the game. Apparently, she's gonna be in the expansion. Right That's on. cool. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing what references they're gonna. Apparently, they did a bunch of evilly stuff recently. Like Final Fantasy twelve and uh, tactics stuff. Okay. But oh, twelve takes place in the same world as tactics. Yeah, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, it's an e- it's an evil lease. Twelve any uh, good? Also, yeah, I like twelve. Okay. Uh, and then um, Vagrant Story is also an evil lease. I don't know Vagrant Story. It's another Square Enix RPG. Okay. But, uh, yeah. I've only played two JRPGs for an extended... Not counting... Yakuza. Yakuza is like a different type of RPG. It it doesn't look like a JRPG, you know what I mean? Hmm. Um, It is a JRPG, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to argue against that. It's just... Yeah. It's not what I think of when I think JRPG. And I've only played two that do... Like make me think JRPG, and that's Rogue Galaxy and Infinite Undiscovery. I do like Rogue Galaxy. Rogue Galaxy is good, man. It's just... I like Rogue Galaxy. It's a spiritual successor to Dark Cloud 2. It just has one of the elements... The only it just It's just missing one of the major elements of Dark Cloud 2. And that's the, the, the town slash city building that Dark Cloud 2 had. I never played Dark Cloud 2, but I kind of wish... Rogue Galaxy had town building. That does sound fun. Yeah, that was one of the main things about 
Dark Cloud 2. The whole gimmick with Dark Cloud 2 is that you would build a town in the past to change the future. Oh, that sounds so fucking cool! Yeah, so you would be like, alright, I need to meet these requirements, I need to have this type of building here, and this. there needs to be this number of this here, and that, oh. makes, change, that makes changes in the future. That's so fucking... That, that generally sounds fucking awesome, man. Yeah, and then it had like a weapon level up system, and it was like randomized dungeons, and uh, like a real-time combat. And there was yeah. also a giant, and there was also a robot you could customize, like a giant robot. Nice. I was going to say, my favorite thing from Rogue Galaxy, the thing that really kept me going longer than any of the story elements or gameplay elements, well, it is a gameplay element, but it's more like a mechanic, was the uh, weapon combining. Yeah, uh, Dark Cloud ha has way more in-depth thing like that. Basically, it's like a bunch weapons have stats, and then you, like, synthesize um, items and turn them into these, like, like raw magical energy shit, and they buff up certain stats, and then once you meet certain requirements, the weapon changes into a new weapon. That's cool. Yep. That's cool. And there's also a system where you can take pictures of things and combine them in your head to invent things. Neat. Yep. Dark there's Cloud a lot of cool shit. Cool. Dark Cloud 2, it's, it's, hasn't, it's, it's aged, obviously, because it came out, like, 2002. Yeah, wasn't it a... It was a PS2 game, but it was like yeah. an early PS2 game. Yeah, but it's got a lot of cool stuff in it. Okay. Do you need to play Dark Cloud 1? Nope. Okay. Not at all. Story is completely irrelevant to the the Dark Cloud 1. Same, different, like, setting? Like, different setting? Uh, there's some references to 1, which implies that it's the same setting, but it's so far in the future that it doesn't matter. Got it. Got it. But Dark Cloud 2 is a good game. Yeah. But Final Fantasy 14. Oh, yeah, 14. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm only, like, level f 16 so far, so I'm not too far into the game. Okay. And I, uh, I pl I'm playing a, a rogue in lady. Okay. Which are the big, uh, they're like Goliaths in yeah. D&D. Yeah. And, I, of course, I made her as tall and as buff as possible. You wouldn't be you if you didn't. Yeah. The only thing I'm sad about is that all the... This is true of all the mo character models, is they, they have no ass. You need the near Automata part, don't you? Yeah, I need the near... I need the 2B short short so I can have an ass. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> Give me cake. But, yeah, and I'm playing... Well, technically Gladiator, but eventually Gladiator becomes Paladin. Okay. Which is a tank class. Yeah. I don't know what class I'll eventually end up comp like staying with, though. So we'll oh, see. so jobs change as you level. Yeah, you, there's like a... Like, um, for the base classes from Realm Reborn, they start off as like one class, and then they become the real class after a light. Once you reach level 20. Oh. Gladiator becomes Paladin... Uh, Marauder That's... becomes war becomes warrior, Thaumaturge becomes black mage, etc., etc. That's so weird to me. Yeah, and then once you reach a certain uh, uh not, not the concept, not, the concept I like. Uh, mm -hmm. just the specific, ec like, gladiator. I don't understand why gladiator would become a paladin. Um, sword and shield. I guess that's why. 
I don't know. I, uh, yeah, okay, it's it, it's super simplifying it. Okay. Yeah, why not just make it Squire? Yeah, or I would. If you're gonna be I, thematic. I mean, I would. I would go like. Well, I I don't know. I don't know. I it I would need to know the specifics of the class. If you say it as sword and shield, yeah, that makes sense going into paladin. But to me, paladin, you know, it, it's heavy armor, full armor. Gladiator is lightly armored, heavily armed. Yeah, uh, it's it's sword and board yeah, armor. I I get it. I get it. It's an oversimplification. I It really I is. The, yeah. Sorry, um, sorry, go on. And then there are other classes that don't have a starting class and just you get them, and those are like the classes they added with expansions. Yeah. Like um, Dark Knight, Samurai, yeah. etc. And uh, I don't know about Ninja. I think Ninja might be one of the only ones that has a starting class. Mm. Do you I need the expansions to play the new classes? Uh, Yes. Okay. You need the you need the expansion you need the expansions that the classes came from to play them. Got it. Okay. So I can't be a samurai until I have Stormblood. Okay. I can be a Dark Knight though, because hmm. that was in Shadowbringer, not Shadowbringer's a uh, Heaven's Word. Hmm. The only class I'm interested in that game is Dragoon. Yeah, uh, Dragoon starts off as Lancer and then becomes. Oh, oh that's Dragoon. that's a base. Yeah, but it beca- starts off as a Lancer, becomes Dragoon. Oh, okay. Maybe I will look into 14. And then, yeah, Dragoon, they're a DPS class. Mm. Uh, they're all about, uh, because their stuff is, like, stabs and whatnot, a lot of their... Apparently, from what I've been told, if you're starting the game, Paladin and Dragoon are really good. Because they teach you a lot of fundamentals. Like if you're being, if you're a paladin or a dragoon, you have to worry about your position, a lot, and positional and position is very important. Mm. Like like uh, with a dragoon, sometimes like if you're physically behind the enemy, some of your attacks will do more damage. Like it actually matters where you are. Mm. I see. And also, and also like they're cone attacks and you can avoid them by like moving out of position and whatnot. There's a lot more of an active element to the fights than you would think. Interesting. Yeah. There's also stuff like, oh, the enemy has an eye, a big glowing eye icon on it. Oh, it's doing an attack where my physical character do- shouldn't look at it when it's doing that. Oh, so like I so I turn my character around, keeping my lock on onto them, and then when the attack at ends, I turn back around. That's or neat. They do like a line attack, and it's like, all right, move uh, strafe to the side and get out the big orange indicator for the line attack, or the 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 AOE, or the cone, or whatever. I like that. Yeah, there's a lot more. Act it, and then the the more the game goes on, the more complex some of those mechanics become. Yeah, it it's not just you know, <clears throat> use your hotkey number one, use your hotkey number three, use your hotkey number five, use your hotkey number six, start back at one. Yeah, it you do have to learn a rotation of skills, but yeah. you also have to keep in mind your position 
yeah. and what the it's like a it's a it's a dance. There, like, there's right, more there's... active mechanics to it than basically. Yeah, hitting the same four or five keys in rotation. Yeah, yeah. And even like even early on, like pretty pretty early, you'll run into like trash mobs that have like cone attacks that you can avoid. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, basically, when it, there's going to be like, it's like for example, it's going to in front of it, you'll see like an orange like, bing, it'll like, it'll show like where the cone is going to be, and if you move out of the way, before that cone disappears, you'll have avoided the attack. Not when the actual animation happens. Hmm. That's okay. true of all AOEs. Yeah. So it's like, all right, cone here, move. All right. I'm out of the way. Move back. Ending right in front of when the animation happened. If I avoided the initial cone, I avoided it. Yeah. And there's also a mechanics where, like, an enemy's about to do a big attack and it has, like, a cast time bar, and some classes have, like, a stun they can do to interrupt it. Hmm. Stuff like that. Nice. Nice. And there's, from what I can tell, there's a lot of other, like, depending on the fights, more mechanics. Mm. It gets more and more complex as the game goes yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. Interesting, interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, apparently in the Susanoo fight in uh, Stormblood, there's straight up a fucking Metal Gear Solid Revengeance-like Perry the Giant Sword Rules of Nature moment <laughs> nice yeah but yeah that's I'm not too far in so I can't say much but I'm I'm starting to understand what people, yeah. are, talk, what people are talking about with 14 yeah I've been listening to people talk about 14 for years because it, it's real popular and mm -hmm. it's the both... second most popular MMO in the world yeah with each mm -hmm. day, I'm getting more and more tempted to jump in. Yeah. You should at least it's, try it. Yeah, it's it's just... The time sink is something... I, I Like, I don't really even have time to play video games I really want to play right now. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, fair. Uh, I feel like all my free time is taken up with something else. Um, yeah. It's a commitment, for sure. Yeah. Uh... It's something to think about, though. Yeah. Uh, there's that a, it? Oh. Yeah, that's it. But yeah, there's there's no cost to again because it's free up to level sixty. So there's no there's no no cost. Yeah, and, and knowing me and my track record with uh, not just MMOs but really most games as services, I probably won't even make it much past level twenty five. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, they've cut out a lot of the uh, chaff and bullshit from the early levels that made really early level grinding bad. Oh, yeah, I'm not even really worried about that. It's more like just the format rarely holds my interest for all that long. Yeah. Um, sure. Because, like, by all rights, I should enjoy the gameplay loop of... Uh, of a... Uh, MMO. An MM of an MMO, because I've played... All the dragon, uh, uh, dragon, fuck, uh, Dragon Age games multiple mm. times, like three or four times, 
at the least. Three times at the least. I, I've Inquisition is the one I've played the least, and I've beaten it three times all the way through. Yeah. Uh, and those just play like MMOs. It, it's just hit... Know your rotation, go through the rotation, but you also have to... If, if you want to really do it right, you got to work your party members' rotations, too. Um, yeah. But there's, there's just something about the Dragon Age games. Because they're single-player games, they're more engaging to me because there's more of a story. Like, the story element is a little stronger, you know what I mean? Yeah, from what I've heard, like, 14 comes the closest to, like, it's emulating just playing through a Final Fantasy game when it comes to its story. Okay. Like, it... There's main quest stuff, and it's like, there are points in the game when you do the main quest, and it's literally just like, alright, you're basically going into an instance, and no one can interfere with this. It's just you. You're mm -hmm. the hero. You're the main character. And there are there is stuff that you can do with your friends, obviously, because it's an MMO, yeah. but, like, you don't... Yeah, you... I don't know. Yeah, because you have part. I I know a little bit about it. I I know you could do it with uh, NPCs or you can do it with friends. Yeah. Um. But you have to do raids with friends or just humans. Harder, harder versions of dungeons. Yeah. Raiding the MMO I've spent the most time with was um, DC Universe Online. Mm-hmm. And even there, I could not get into raiding and PvP. Like, the appeal just was lost on me. Yeah. Um, and I was... I think I got to max level. Or what was max level at that time. And I just, like... Well, what the fuck now? <laughs> uh, Drop it for several months and wait for the next expansion and then play it again. That's what most people do. That's what most people do. Yeah. Uh, that's not what I did. I just dropped it and never, because yeah. it was still subscription based at the time. So I was like, I paid for two months and I finished everything in like a month. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, anyway. Anyway. Uh, anything more to say about fourteen? Mm, nope. I'll probably have more to say when I actually like get into the real meat the and potatoes, meat. meat and potatoes of the game. Okay, uh, but that's it for the weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, so let's jump into the upkeep. Uh, we'll start with Amphibia. We got Season 2, Episode 12, Night Drivers, and Return to Wartwood. Not much to say about these. It is nice to see these characters again after, like, what, like two or three months of hiatus? Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah. Um... These are fun episodes. I was going to say, I talked to us about this early, but the episode uh, Return to Wartwood with the Cockatrice, there is a reference. The Cockatrice has a sword in its back, and uh, mm -hmm. it's a rebellion from Devil May Cry. Oh, neat. Mm-hmm. Not shocked, considering they had that one vegetable giant that looked like Getter Robo. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Just uh real deep cuts on the references and in the yeah. show. I was going to say I enjoyed the Night Drivers a little more. Just I thought it was funnier. I like Yeah. I don't I, I like um fuck Polly Sprig 
Sprig and Polly. I like it when it's just them getting into shenanigans. Yeah, the two of them don't get to have episodes to themselves that much. It's usually Anne and Sprig. Or, or Anne and Polly, or Anne and Pop Pop. Yeah, Hop Pop. <laughs> or all of them together. Yeah, or all of them. Yeah. You know, one of them. Polly doesn't get to do a lot, just in general. Yeah. She's underutilized, for sure. She she kind of just gets good one-liners and quips and whatnot. And, yeah. but... yeah. I think she works for that, though. There's nothing wrong with, like, having a character that, like... You, you shouldn't try and force using them if you can't think of what to do with them. Yeah, that that that's a real important lesson uh, in writing. But it's also... As a fan viewing it, it's like... Polly's probably one of my favorites. I like Polly and Hop Pop the most. I like to see stuff with them. Yeah. Not necessarily together, but... Just the, them. Yeah. In general. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, but as of the recording of this podcast, another couple episodes are coming out tonight, but they weren't out before the podcast, so unfortunately we can't yeah. talk about them. Yeah, with the episodes coming out, or these, uh, I mean, the Acme Podcast Incorporated episodes coming out on Tuesday now instead of Monday. Uh, yeah, that's... Unfortunate, but here we are. Yeah, it's just uh, my my class schedule and my homework due dates make it so Sunday's not a good day to edit anymore. Say lovey. Yeah, say lovey. Uh, so that's Amphibia. Yeah, not much uh, to say. There wasn't a whole lot that happened in the episode, other than we did see the robot again. We did, yeah, right at the end of Night Drivers, right? Yeah, he was following them, so I'm like, okay, we're gonna. When are we gonna get to the end of that plot point? I'm curious yeah. where that goes. Yeah, they're setting they've been setting it up from the beginning of the season, so. I have a feeling. How many episodes are coming out tonight? Two, uh, two more. Two more. Okay, I have a feeling one of them. Either, both those episodes. I don't. Do we know what those episodes are? Um, we know that one of them is about uh. Freaking, what's her name? Uh, the Sprig's girlfriend. Uh, oh, I know who you mean. Yeah. Uh, fuck. What's her name? I'm gonna pick this shit out of me. I keep wanting to say Lizzie, but I know that's not right. No, no, no. But yeah, it's about Ivy. Her. Ivy. Ivy. Yeah, it's about. Yeah, it's gonna be about Ivy. Okay. Uh, and then the, the second one is apparently about um Anne finding out what Hot Pop did with the box. Hmm. I feel like the ending of Hop of the second one could be the robot showing up. Yeah, I'm very curious to see where what happens when Anne finds out that Hot Pop didn't in fact send the box away, but buried it. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. I wonder it's... and we we will finally possibly get answers on why he did that and how he knows about the box. You want to you want to take uh you want to speculate a little? Do a little I speculation th- betting? I think the speculation for me personally my bet is that it has to do with Sprig and Polly's parents. Mm, okay. That's my guess. I was going to say more like her 
I was I was thinking speculating more on like her reaction. Oh, okay. I thought you meant why Hot Pop had the box. I, I'm pretty sure he straight up. Well, I mean, okay. I I wasn't even thinking about. It. I think I thought he was just doing the usual like adult protecting a kid type thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it might be that, but I think it has something to do with the parents too. I I could definitely see that. Uh, I just wasn't thinking about it like that. That wasn't even occurring to me to think about that. I mean, I think Anna's going to be upset, and rightfully so. Yeah. I think she's going to be upset, but she's going to come around to, like, he's going to have a good explanation. And she'll be I, like, Yeah. I get it, but I'm still pissed. I think the episode is definitely going to be. the. Re- it's the resolution at the end is going to be Hop Hop explaining himself, basically. Yeah. We're going to have some tension for a little while. Yeah. Drama. The robot could be the reason why that comes out. Why the truth yeah. comes out. Okay, question. What's up? Do you think the robot is it has ill intent or good intent? I... Mm. That's the thing, right? The twist would be that he, he has good intent. Right? Yeah. Okay. Did I have like I I can't my my brain I can't come to a conclusion because I know I want it to be good intent, right? That's what I want. Yeah, I want there to be a twist. I could see I, I think the ill intent is the most likely, but I want the good intent to be what I want to happen is good intent, but I know that if I was in the writing room, I would say it's kind of neutral intent. Mm-hmm. Like, it, sort of like a force of nature type thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, maybe they, th- or maybe they think it has bad intent at first, but it doesn't, it doesn't actually. Like, I think it it's more like, like, they think it has bad intent, but it, it does not contain enough intelligence to have intent. It just it acts. Is. Yeah. Yeah. It has programming, and the programming is whatever its task is. I'm imagining it's get the box. Yeah, get the box. And the the two biggest mysteries on my mind are what the fuck is up with the king and all that shit we saw at the below the castle. Yeah. And number two, what the fuck goes up with this Magitech civilization? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I... <sighs> this fucking secret of mana shit. <laughs> Whatever the f- Insert JRPG here. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, ancient civilization with Magitech. You know, pick your poison. Yeah. There's a bunch of them. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that, that, that's Amphibia. Uh, mm-hmm. next is, uh, Kumo Desuga Nanika, uh, which I'm just calling Spider. Well, Spider, so what? Yeah, but I'm just referring to it as Spider. So, uh, S- Spider's getting juicy now. Yeah, we're, we're on 7, 8, and 9, right? Yeah, 7, 8, and 9. 10 okay. came out today, but we didn't get to it before the podcast, so yeah. apologies. But seven, eight, nine—we're getting to to the juicy shit now. Yeah. Um. 
so while I was watching these three episodes, mm-hmm. I came to the conclusion that I completely fucking understand why the manga adapter, mm-hmm. the the, I don't know why. So I, I didn't mean to say it like that. I mm-hmm. like burped in the middle of speaking. Um, the the person who did the manga adaptation, I completely understand why they cut the human shit. Mm-hmm. I almost want the human stuff to be a different series, not not like a different series, but like a parallel series, its own show. That is parallel and happening at the same time and connected, but its own show. I, the thing is, is that like I liked. You think they're disconnected? Like at first, it feels like they're disconnected, but then, then the in these last three episodes, I liked that they revealed a thing within the context of that story and the 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 the, the, the drop of that thing is wild. Yeah, that the the well, okay. Which one are we talking about? The the bully girl was the egg that the spider found. Yeah, and the fact that the okay. within the context of the show, the spider stuff that we're seeing isn't happen happening concurrently with the human stuff right now. Yeah, it it's happened. Yeah, that yeah. Like it was fifteen years ago. Oh, I know what's gonna happen. Hmm. I, I I'm sorry. Um. I, I just, I figure, mm, mm. Mm? Mm. Go on. Spoiler, no, it, it spoilers even for you, because I, remember, I oh. caught up with the manga. Right. Uh, okay. uh, so I sort of, I, I know, just, I know just a little more. Yeah. Because but... uh, even in the manga, uh, I, I'm not going to get too, I'm not going to get into specifics. Uh, I'm just talking about a difference here. Mm-hmm. And where we were at in episode 9, at least I'm fairly certain of this. Um, the spider, uh, I'm just going to call her Watashi, because that's the, the term she uses to refer to herself. Because I know it's just one of the forms of saying I, mm-hmm. but it, it's I just all we really... I just, I just call it Kumo. Kumo? Okay. So Kumo. Um, by this point in the manga... There's one little plot point. I'm not going to reveal what it is, but basically she in the at this point in the manga, she can see like her evolution paths. Mm-hmm. And so it's not so much just like when she has the chance she can choose, she's like planning her leveling basically. Yeah, she's making a flow chart. Yeah. Um And so by this point in the manga, we know what she's working for. I'm not going to tell you what that is. Mhm. But with the knowledge of what she's working for, I know where they're going to converge. Got it. Um, we're also getting more stuff with the Demon Lord and the demons, and we found out that the Demon Lord is, in fact, another reincarnation just with the humans and the spider. Yeah. And we're also getting stuff with the, the larger meta plot with the administrator, D. Yeah. Who runs the game. And... That the teacher is somehow had she knows shit like she could she was she literally like rewrote the code on the I forget his name the the other the, the, the jackass master, the jackass and like de leveled him and it's like what the fuck is up with that yeah she mm, I, she made a mistake there oh yeah 
Not that she leveled him, that she didn't fucking kill him. <laughs> yeah, no, she should have just killed him. Yeah, seriously. That's, like, <laughs> that's going to come back to bite her. We saw in episode 9 that he, he makes the... Uh, okay, you know what? Uh, I should have done this a second ago, but... Yeah, spoilers. Warning. Warning. Spo- spo- spoiler. Yeah, spoilers. Uh, he, he makes Big a deal spoilers. with a demon. Yeah. And what that what comes with that, we'll have to find out. We also got the stuff with um uh Julius, the hero, he dies. And I the how the, the, the brother finds out is actually pretty sick. That was really cool and fucked up. It's really fucked up, like, oh yeah, by the randomly in the middle of class you've been given the title hero. Wait what? Yeah. That sucks. The only cool. way to get the title hero the only only one person has that hero title. And the only yeah. way that you can give it up as if you die. Wait, no, hold on. <laughs> it's real good, actually. Yeah. Also, that shit about the scarf that he had being made from the spider thread that Kumo made. Yeah. And the ah. Oh. That that that's really cool. But oh man, there there's a. I don't know if they're going to get into it in the manga. I think it happened before this point in the manga, even. Uh-huh. Uh, but I'm not 100% on that, so I don't... It doesn't feel super plot important, but I really I can't be sure, so I'm just going to not say anything. But th- okay. there's another point in the manga that I thought would have been a lot better to have the scarf come from. Yeah. But so yeah, shit's shit's popping off. Yeah. In in Spider now, shit's happening. I'm very curious where it's gonna go. Um, other than like the the big plot stuff, the this was a genius move on the especially from a light novel perspective in yeah. from the writer is um the i the the skill uh split mind or whatever. It's so good. Oh. The, you had like there's instead of forcing Kumo to have other characters to interact with, you basically just make other characters out of different personalities of her mind. Yeah, it, it's so good. There's a spinoff manga that's just called The Daily Lives of the Four Spider Sisters. Yeah, and and it's just like a little like four coma gag manga, like a as a manga dia with the four uh, parallel processing brains it, it's yeah. so good it, oh, it it's a good concept it, it's a really good concept it, it's a brilliant move again from a especially from the light novels perspective because just having when you have a character not being able to interact with another with other characters having long stretches of time of just describing and and just characters thought processes can get really stale after a while yeah so, and and all I mean, which is also prob- probably one of the reasons that the um the side story stuff exists early on, is before the the parallel mind stuff gets introduced, you have another story to like break the pace of the stuff going on with the spider. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then once the parallel, and then they obviously they converge, but it also serves a more practical purpose as well, which. Kudos on that. Yeah, it it's it's good, man. It 
now I want to watch episode 10. <laughs> well, we can watch it after the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the, um, the other thing that was really funny was the uh, when she got the evil eye ability. Yeah. And she was just like, oh, I can be like one of those cool edgelords in one of those animes. The, the Chunbios. She she had Chun- the, she just went full Chunbio, yeah. I love and then in the translation when the kanji for Chunbio shows up in her eye, they they translate it as edgelord. <laughs> yeah. Which is a it's a perfectly it's a good translation of the the concept. It, yeah. It 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 misses a little bit of the like full like edgy eighth grader aspect of it but yeah it, it's a it's about as good as they could do yeah edgelord is the it's a perfectly good equivalent to our our vernacular yeah absolutely yeah but uh not much more else to say looking forward to more spider spider's pretty good i don't um i don't think there's ever been a game styled isekai that I've wanted a game to come out based on the rules we see, the leveling rules we've seen in it. I would love to play a video game that had this sort of leveling system Mm -hmm. with like it's super broken skills and yeah. I can argue with that. Especially if you actually get to be a monster. Yeah. I I all... I would like it if it, it it should have a mode where you could choose what you play as, but I would also like a mode where it completely randomizes it. Oh yeah, that'd be neat, like uh, actual Isekai reincarnation. Oh, yeah. Wait, hold on, hold on. Why hasn't someone made an Isekai roguelike? Uh, that's basically Re Zero. Oh okay. Because he keeps dying and no, time but I mean a, a like a, no, I mean a video game. Oh, video game. Mm. Like an isekai that's like a roguelike and like you randomly get thrown into different reincarnated bodies every time you reload. Okay. Uh, I don't enjoy the roguelike genre enough to know a lot of roguelikes. So I, I really... There there probably could... Is. I just don't know it. Hmm. Well. Um, if there isn't one, feel free to steal that idea. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, so that's uh, Kumo. Uh, so let's move on to DuckTales. Woo! Yep. We got three episodes. We got Beaks in the Shell, The Lost Cargo, A Kit Cloud Kicker, and The Life and Crimes of Scrooge McDuck. These are the last three episodes before the three-part series finale. Yep. And spoiler alert, the and most of the podcast next week is probably going to be dedicated to us talking about DuckTales. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's gonna At least be a, a lot, lot of, of the the front part. The the front half, front loaded with a lot of Ducktales because it's gonna be the end of the entire show. Yeah. Um, but as for these three episodes. Yep, we got uh, Beaks in the Shell, Lost Cargo, a Kid Cloud Kicker, and the Life and Crimes of Scrooge McDuck. Uh, Beaks in the Shell is fun. Uh, because we see the return of uh, Agent G. Yeah, Gandra. Gandra. Yeah, and then um, more stuff with Gizmo Duck, aka uh, Fenton. Fenton. And 
Mark Beeks. I'm glad that they're being self-aware with Mark Beeks now. Yeah. It's like all I all you ever do is still get try and still Gizmo Duck. That's all you ever do. <laughs> yeah. He he's just he's just Gizmo Duck's villain at this point. Basically. I would love I hope they make a new comic series with with this Gizmo Duck. That would be fun. Um yeah. that would yeah. be a lot of fun. Lost Cargo Kick Cloud Kicker. Uh now this is my favorite out of the three. Yeah. Mainly, yeah. yeah. Mainly because, I mean, one, the tailspin stuff, and two, yeah. Wuzzles? The Wuzzles? Really? <laughs> of all the references you could have made to any Disney thing, <laughs> the fucking Wuzzles. Okay, to be fair, the Wuzzles was the first Disney TV animated series. It was. I and mean, Well, actually, technically, it was the new adventure of Winnie the Pooh. That's right, yeah. It was New Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, and then the Gummy Bears, and then it was the New Adventures. It was the Gummy Bear Adventures of Winnie the Pooh Power Hour, and then the Wuzzles came out. That's right. That's as right. far as I'm aware. Uh, I'd like to just do a check on that real quick. You know, what? I could be wrong. I could I'm be wrong. Pretty sure I remember seeing elsewise. And this was on A. There were all three on ABC though before the Disney Channel became a thing. Yeah. Sniff. Oh, we're mm, no, you're a little off on this one. Oh, what's what's the uh? Uh, I'm well. I want to triple check real quick because the information I have on one of these things does not add up. Can we get a can we get a soundbite for um actually? Um actually um, um actually um cuz yeah. that happens a lot okay. on this show. Yeah, well, we're two fucking nerdy men. What do you expect? Canon lawyer. Uh yeah, here. You want you want a little canon lawyer? Canon lawyer. Canon lawyer. I'd like to call my first witness to the stand. Cannon boy. <laughs> hmm. Alright, so what's the... Yeah. What's the, what's the buzz, cuz? Yeah, okay, so... The only one that's given me a hard time is Winnie the Pooh. The New Adventures of Winnie the Pooh when that came Yeah, because the New Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, according to IMDb, is 1988. Yeah, sounds about right. Uh, but the Gummy Bears was 1985, as was the Wuzzles. So Wuzzles came out first, or was it Gummy I, Bears? I'm pretty sure it was Wuzzles, then Gummy Bears, then and Pooh. then Pooh, yeah. That makes sense. Um, but no, DuckTales came before 88. D DuckTales was like 86, I believe. Hmm. You sure about that? 87 was DuckTales. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, well. Point stands. Yeah. Wuzzles. Wuzzles is uh, old as shit. Yeah. I, I know for a fact Wuzzles was very early on. Uh, yeah. And Gummy Bears 
was the first of what we usually consider Disney afternoon stuff. But that's besides the point. Um, the 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 Wuzzles was a thing that I never saw when it originally came on. Same. I only saw it when it was when it was re-airing on Toon Disney. I never saw it run. I've never seen the Wuzzles. Um, I didn't I have, have Toon Disney. Hmm. Well, how did you watch all the Disney Afternoon stuff? It just aired on the Disney Channel. Oh, right. And also ABC when I was a kid. Fair enough. But yeah. The the wuzzle the wuzzles was it's like it's like a not even a reference it's literally if you don't know what it is you don't catch the reference yeah you know just just want to throw a reminder out there I remember 1993 band I I remember a lot of the original airings of these shows before they switched to Tim Disney oh okay that that's my yeah. point um got gotcha. I watched yeah. it when it was on Toon Disney. Yeah. So. Most uh, of these things, anyway. Yeah. Especially the later era of Toon Disney stuff, of the Disney Afternoon, like Bonkers. Before it became XD and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, bonkers. Yeah, Bonkers was one of the last of the when it was still considered Disney Afternoon. Yeah, but it it predate it also predates Toon Disney because Toon Disney didn't pop up until like. The yeah. late '90s, early aughts. Yeah, but I mean, when it was rerunning. When it was rerunning? Yeah, yeah. Okay. On on Sorry. Disney. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the Lost Cargo Kick Cloud Kicker. Uh, oh, I was going to look up something specific regarding this one. Hold on. About Tailspin. Uh, yeah. Well, I was really confused as to why Kit and Rebecca, not Rebecca, the Molly were adults, and then I remembered that uh, Tailspin canonically takes place in the 1930s. Yeah. Or, or the late, the early 40s, late 30s, so I'm like, oh, okay, that tracks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think that's as important to this one. I think they just wanted to make Della the same age. They they wanted to make Kit Della's age, I think, is all that really... Yeah, but the, the timeline works, is what I'm saying. Yeah. It it fits I, better that uh, yeah that blue and all of them are from a a previous era, so to speak. I, I want to know what the explanation is for Don Carnage, though, because I really think it's probably like a a, a dread pirate Roberts. Yeah, it's a title. Yeah, yeah. I really still wanted like old Don Carnage to show up. Yeah, voiced by, voiced by Jim Cummings. We're not gonna get that though. Not anymore. Uh, say lovey. Yeah. Just wanted to say, um, Adam Pally was fantastic as uh, Kit. As yeah. Yeah. He they, they he played into his strengths as sort of like, you know, he he's kind of like a deadbeat a little bit, but like a lovable deadbeat. You know what I mean? He's he's Baluto point oh. Yeah, he is. Which makes sense. With a little less swagger, because Blue still had a little bit of swagger. I did like that he called Dewey Little Britches. Yeah, that was fun. Really cute. I also <sighs> like that you saw his old sweater underneath his new uh, light jacket. Yeah, he he's still wearing his, you know, you know that's his sweater. 
<laughs> he's just not he's just not wearing the cap backwards anymore. Yeah. Well, you know, he's a pilot now and he needs to keep the sun out of his eyes. <laughs> I honestly wish we could have seen Rebecca and Baloo, but you know. Yeah. I I, I would have been happy just to Yeah. Or Wildcat. Wildcat would have been fun. I would have liked to see Louie. Yeah, literally anybody. If it weren't for the timeline, if I were writing this show, I would have made Shere Khan a member of Fowl. That's so good, yeah. Or the leader of Fowl, for that matter. I kind of like it. uh, Yeah, I would. Yeah. Yeah. I think Shere Khan would make a really great um freaking Disney after this this new Disney afternoon verse villain. Yeah. If if you if you ignore the timeline stuff, honestly, I think Shere Khan could come back in other stuff and be villains for pretty much any one of these shows. Like I would love Shere Khan to be a villain in Darkwing Duck. That would work real good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway. let, let, let's move on to Life and Crimes of Scrooge McDuck real quick. Uh, th- this this is a pretty standard um, Batman creates his villains argument. Uh, yeah, there was an episode of Batman the Animated Series that was this, but this is not that episode. Yeah, this is not as good. Um, the, the only not that it's a bad episode. It, you know, the, it's a fun episode, but the most interesting thing in it is the stuff with Magicka's brother. Yeah, that deserved, like, a full episode, not just, like, a little yeah. argument. Like, damn, that, that, you revealed to me and our friends earlier this week that the last episode of DuckTales is episode 69, and that, that yeah. kind of makes me glad DuckTales is ending, just so we could say it ends on 69. Um, but yep. the existence of... Uh, Magicka's brother makes me want a whole other season that's just about that. Yeah, it's a reference to the fact that Magicka had like a crow in the yeah. original show. Yeah. And his name was Poe, and he was someone who Magicka had turned into a crow. Yeah. But other than that, not much to else to say about the one. It was. It's a nice having another Louie episode. Yeah. Um, and then. I did like seeing the stuff with Maw Beagle as a little kid. <laughs> that that was pretty fun, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. That that's we, it. That's the episode. Yeah, that's the episode. We mostly had stuff to say about the Cat Cloud Kicker episode, which was a good one. Yeah, because still, Tops, uh, uh, Tailspin is my favorite of the Disney Afternoon shows to this day. Yeah, it was my favorite out of these three. Yeah. But anyway, uh, it's definitely my favorite out of the like reference. Ep- no, no, the du- the the Darkwing Duck is so much more expansive that it I I yeah. cannot in good conscience say I like this more than any of the Darkwing Duck episodes. The two parter Darkwing Duck episode, especially. Yeah, but it means more to me that they did this. Yeah. Uh, Fo- that folks, that I will say. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so that's it for upkeep. We're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to get into Mobile Suit Gundam, the 08th MS team. We'll see you then. Now back to our show. No. 
And welcome back, everybody, to Acme Podcast Incorporated. We are going to jump into Mobile Suit Gundam, the 08th MS team from 1996. It ran from 1996. It was an OVA series, so it was direct-to-video. Ran between 1996 and 1999. It was 12 episodes long, and it's damn good. Yeah, um, 08th MS team is, um... It, w- very different from previous Gundam series, especially from the Universal Century, because stuff like Mobile Suit Gundam, Zeta, Shars Counterattack, and whatever, focused a lot on the your aces, your new types, the psychic anime bullshit. Oh, yeah. the MS team was a basically an attempt to focus more on like your everyday foot soldier, your grunts. Yeah. You know, people who didn't have special psychic powers or weren't even, like, it, ace pilots, for that matter. It falls into the subgenre of uh, war media known as a war diary. Yeah. Uh, it, it's very much uh, like a MASH, if you've ever watched MASH. Or The Pacific, or... Or the uh, or Band of Brothers, yeah. or... Yeah. Full Metal Jacket. Um, full Metal Jacket, yeah. Um... I'd even say maybe a little Apocalypse Now. little Apocalypse Now, especially considering it's in the jungle. Yeah, for part of it, yeah. Also, just... Ooh, Guineas. Guineas and Anthony Hopkins in... In mm-hmm. Apocalypse Now. Whew, whew, whew. That is... Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of the right thing in Apocalypse Now, right? I mean, I haven't seen Apocalypse Now. Oh, so okay. Don't so. ask me. Okay, fair enough. Uh, but, yeah, um, on the scale of real robot to super robot, this is squarely in real robot territory for the most part. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I'd say up until you get into the, the, the Xeon super weapon. Oh, uh, the Opsilus? The Opsilus, yeah. Yeah, the Opsilus that, that, is, yeah. It, it skews a little bit closer to super robot. Than the rest of the things, but no more so than say Big Zam does. Yeah, the Opsilus is basically like similar to the Big Zam. Yeah. Just trying to use the similar thing. Yeah. Uh, that the laser on that thing was it like a microwave beam or something. I can't remember. It's like a mega particle cannon. Mega particle cannon. Yeah. It's the same Ooh. beam weapons they put on like the ships, but like yeah. super powered. Yeah. I, I gotta say, um, this show really divides its time a little bit. Like, yeah. half of it, if you... Have you watched MASH? No. Okay. Uh, then for the viewers out there, half of the time it feels a bit like an episode of MASH, but less funny. Um, it It's kind of sad, depressing, anti-war message stuff. And then the other half of the time, it feels like someone read uh, a biography of Kurt Vonnegut and was like, that'd be a good protagonist. Hmm. The other, well, there's also the, like, the one-third that's, oh, right, this is Gundam, we gotta have this melodrama. Yeah, that, that that's throughout the whole thing. Yeah, the whole yeah. thing is, like, the Shiro Amada and I know, it's like this, oh yeah, this is the Gundam melodrama that I'm used to. 
Yeah, that this is yeah, this is very much um, Sela's storyline in the original Gundam. This is basically the protagonist and the female protagonist in uh, Stardust Memory. It, yeah, yeah, it's, it's the the typical. That's this is the only typical Gundam melodrama shit that they have in the whole show. Everything else is pretty like non-standard for most, especially for even even for Universal Century that leans more towards real robot stuff. Yeah. That that is um, probably why it's one of my favorites because I, I was definitely reared on stuff like Full Metal Jacket and, I mean, my my me and my parents watched Mash every fucking night when I was in middle and high school. I absolutely love that show, um, mm-hmm. and I I love Apocalypse Now and uh, Slaughterhouse Five is one of my favorite novels. Uh, mm-hmm. And Vonnegut. It's so boring being a white uh, leftist saying, oh, I love Kurt Vonnegut, but <laughs> I-, I love Kurt Vonnegut. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, it mm, it's it, it definitely leans more onto that side of war media. It, it's more on the serious note, but it's also very much like baby's first step into that direction. Yeah, it it follows the tradition in Gundam of war is bad. Yeah. War is bad, hey, hey, cool robot, you know. Yeah. And also, there's no real good guys on either side. There's only no. soldiers who try to do their best and corrupt head people who have lost their vision. Yeah, what was that thing? I have seen that one bit from Ash where it's like, war isn't hell, war is war, and hell is hell. In, in war, in hell, there's no innocence. Yeah. Unlike war. Basically, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh... The, the best thing way I can describe um, MASH to someone who hasn't really seen it... The theme song is hauntingly beautiful. And in, in the, the theme song, in the TV version of the song, because MASH was originally a movie, and the TV is a spinoff of the movie... Um, it's just an instrumental, but you hear the lyrics in the movie. But it, on the TV version, you never hear the lyrics. And most people have only seen the TV show. The title of that song is Suicide is Painless. Huh. And that sets the fucking tone for the show. I see. Um, it, it was a show from the 1970s, ostensibly about... The Korean War, but it was really talking about Vietnam. It was really talking about Vietnam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. Uh, this, um, even though this is a fictional war, again, this definitely feels like a nom. Yeah. Scenario. Oh, big time. Yeah. Like in the jungle, fucking. There's mosquitoes everywhere. Shit, fucking sucks. They do spend a good good bit of time in the desert too, but yeah, a lot of it is very much that. They're in South America. Yeah. It's hot. <laughs> yeah. It's hot. It's you go from super dry to super fucking humid. It it sucks. It ugh. Yeah. I I one of my favorite things about this show leaning towards the the real realism aspect is like I love seeing 
the pilots of robots actually repair their own shit. Yeah. Like, uh, seeing a Gundam mech pilot actually go inside of his mech and, like, you know, fix shit. Yeah. I, I like that we saw, uh, it's a scene you don't often see in Gundam, but, uh, it was an episode towards the end. I think it was towards the end. I watched this in two days, so it, it all kind of fused together. It's kind of a blur. Yeah. Um, but the scene where Mikhail is in the, uh, the cockpit mm-hmm. and he's, completely fucking distracted and Shiro's shirt gets caught in the gears of the foot. Yeah. Uh that 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 is you don't see that in other Gundam series really. Yeah, you, no. That that sort of the, the you, you some I've seen that in like TV shows where someone's working on a truck or a tank or something like that, but mm. yeah, it it's There are... O8, O8MS seems stands out among Gundam series, to me at least. It's as easy... being... Yeah. Yeah. Go on. Sorry. No, 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 no. It, it's... A lot of the time, because in Gun and a lot of the other Gundam series, I don't focus on this part of it, but, like, it's really easy to forget that these are machines. Yeah. They are giant machines with millions of moving parts and, like, mechanisms and... Like, the way that... And the, all the little things that make them work, you don't think about them. Yeah. Uh, I, I was... I wanted to say earlier, but I got side... I, I sidetracked myself. Uh, part of why I like with the MS team is that... So much... It gives you, like, an idea of how the Gundam controls. Yeah. Like, you see more of, like, this knob and this pedal and... The, this button and, and like the, the minutia of working a Gundam or just a mobile suit really. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's oh, man. going off of that same vein. I think one of the other aspects that I like about it that isn't really focused on enough. And it's because we focus on like the aces and like the new types who have like basically the backing of super scientists is yeah. like they're out in the middle of nowhere. They have no supplies. So like they make, patch job repairs, like how Karen has a gym head for like the end of the series, and how the Shiro's Gundam gets so fucked up that it gets completely rebuilt and it looks like a pile of shit. Yeah, the EZ-8 is just scrap scrap pieces. It's so good. I love the EZ-8. I love how much of a pile of shit it is. Yeah, but it still looks so special. It does. It it, 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 it's like the Millennium Falcon, you know? It's a piece of shit, but it's so special looking. Exactly. It It's the most unique main character Gundam. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't even have the fin on it anymore. That's actually my favorite thing oh, yeah. about it. I, I don't much... like I, I'm not crazy about the, the, the V mm-hmm. on the head. I'm not crazy about that, but I love... Uh, I always used to pull them off of my Gundam action figures when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. The V. Yeah, the V. And so that's I always liked the EZ8 because it was like I didn't have to do that. Yeah, I actually <laughs> I have the EZ8. 
Nice. A model kit or action figure? I I ha- it's my it's my high grade one is standing next to my Goof Custom. Nice, nice. Because the first one I ever built was the Goof Custom from this show, and then the next one I built was the Easy Eight. The Goof Custom in this is so good. I fucking love the Goof Custom. Yeah. It's one of my favorite mobile suits. And it, go on. I was just gonna say when I was a kid, um, when I was collecting the action figures when I was a little kid, uh, the Goof was always the one I coveted. I always I loved the shade of blue it used. I liked how it had the two big uh, like horns on the shoulders. I liked the whip. I liked the cool uh, heat saber. The the Gatling gun, twin Gatling guns. Oh man, I fucking love the goof. Yeah. Um, kind of going off of that is like, and the similar vein of like about grunts and like, like non. Super pilots is like, the final battle. Well, the final battle before the absolute shit is like, what happens when. Our main characters are the grunts that are about to get fucking beefed by the ace pilot. Yeah. <laughs> like, seeing the other side of it, of... Your your perspective is the grunt who's about to get chopped into bits by Rambaral or whoever. Yeah. You, you, you're watching... It, it's, um... It's like if mobile the original Mobile Suit Gundam uh, followed the story of the three Zaku pilots who infiltrated Side 7. Exactly. Which I would watch. (laughs) Same. Like a a pre... I I don't know if I'd watch a retelling where Amuro doesn't survive and those three do, but I would watch a prequel that the final episode is the first episode. (laughs) Yeah, basically. Yeah. And then, um... Yeah, shit like that. But the, the, that that whole ad, it's it's a really nice spin on the entire um UC stuff, especially like especially Zeta and Double Zeta that got real real deep on on in the paint on new type bullshit. Yeah, I never because maybe because I didn't get far enough into um. Uh, the original Mobile Suit Gundam, and I never got into Zeta, Double Zeta. I never really got a full understanding of what a new type was. I just know that Amuro is a new type. Do you want me to explain what a new type is? I... No, well, okay. Uh, I've read the first half of the Blue Destiny manga, so I have an understanding of what a new type is. Okay. Um, I just don't have, like... Because f- Blue Destiny is so weird. Yeah. And... Kind of, like, I'm not getting a full story, so I feel like I'm missing a lot. And it kind of operates on the predilection that you know what a new type is before, because they don't explain it very well. I can explain it for you, if you want me to. Uh, I kind of want to wait till I get there. I'm weird about this. I kind of want to get there naturally. Alright. I know they're basically, like, Human, the the neck, they're basically mutants from X Men, except they all have the same power. Yeah, and they're also psychic. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, you you got you you basically got the gist of it. Um. Yeah, they're, they're human next. <laughs> human yeah, too. They're 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 humans that have evolved to live in space. Yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, but um. Uh. The the other 
aspect of it that I really like is that um the, the it really is Gun Gundam does this a lot, but it's really hard to like I don't think the message goes as strongly through when you're focusing on characters like Amuro or Shar is that um war I think War in the Pocket and 8th MS Team do this the best, where how yeah. war affects the average person. You know? Yeah, for sure. And just the little... Like, each character on the the 8th the Team, they feel more, way more like real people. I mean, they are... They're, they're not, I'm not saying they're, like, super deep, but they feel way more real than, like, your caricature like character like characters that you would see in some of the older Gundam series. Yeah, every single character in this show has more of a character than Frau Bo or Kai in mm-hmm. the original Mobile Suit Gundam. Yeah. Um and and they all kind of follow under like an archetype but like you know, every every like movie or show like this, you need like the squad. You need the, yeah. you know, freaking yeah, yeah. Sa- Sanders is the serious one. Well, Karen is also kind of the serious one. Sanders. Karen is the hard ass. Yeah, Karen's the hard ass. Sanders is the serious but kind one. Yeah. Um. Mikhail is the flake. <laughs> yeah. Well. Like, he tries, but he's the most, like, flaky out of all of them, compared, I mean, even, even frickin', um, uh, what was his name, the, uh, the communications expert. Yeah, I, I know, um, it's with a P. <sighs> Shit, I just had it. He's the only one I don't remember. I don't remember, I forgot his name. I just remember liking him because he was a songwriter. Um. Fuck. We need to look this up. I'm I'm looking at IMDb right now, going through the character names. <sighs> Cut this. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll trim it down. Packard? Nope. No, that's not right. That's not it. Nope. <sighs> Elador. 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 Uh, yeah, Elador is not really a flake, but he's like the comic I would say Mikhail's more just... They're both he's the, the rookie. Yeah, he's yeah. the rookie. They're both the comic relief, though. Yeah. 
they're both a comic relief, but Mikhail, it, Flake isn't the word. He's more. I guess yeah, Flake is a good is the word. I I would describe him more as naive or distracted, but Flake Flake is the word. Yeah. Yeah, he's the rookie. He's the Flake, and then him and Eldor let the comic relief. And I, another thing I appreciate in this show is that um. It's not afraid to, like, show some really brutal shit. Like, when Elidor is in the tank. Uh, not the tank, the the crane Zaku thing. Mm. And the, the, the shrapnel shoots into his fucking leg. Yeah. It's just a huge chunk of metal shrapnel just sticking out of his leg. Yeah, it... it... Really goes in on the the war diary stuff, man. It, ooh, it, it, mm-hmm. it, it's pure genre, man. It's, ooh, it, it's, it doesn't pull its punches. No, it, it doesn't. It does not pull its punches. I, I'd say this more than any other Gundam series really gets the point of war's bad across. Yeah, War in the Pocket also does that really well. Yeah. Yeah. More in the pocket. Fuck that, man. But it really is the the only character. The who Alex I th- is cool though. The Alex is cool though. I like the Alex. <laughs> I also like the camper. Yeah, the camper is cool too. Yeah. Yeah, I also have the camper. Yeah. Um. the The only thing that I kind of am bummed out about is that every single one of the the main team gets an episode about them, except mm. Karen. Yeah. Like, Karen has stuff about her that we find out in the show, but she doesn't get as much focus as the other characters. She doesn't get an episode to herself. Cause she really doesn't. Sanders get... has this episode about him and, and his whole trauma, and then Eldor, has him, Eldor and Mikhail get quite a bit of stuff to themselves, and Shiro yeah. is the main character. So Yeah. The... <sighs> We, it's not really a mystery why she doesn't, but it's a shame that she doesn't because we get little hints at things like the whole thing, like every man in my life leaves me, that line. And she her her she used to be a surgeon. Yeah. And then her husband died, and then it's like, I want to know more about that. Yeah. But we never find out. I'd like to, the, there's one line in the show from uh, from Elidor's episode where he's like, uh, "I gotta tell you about all the plans I have for us after," and that I just like, man, I want to know more about that. I want to know more about their dynamic. That where he's like so convinced that that that's gonna happen Work. somewhere, and that she doesn't just fucking shoot him down at every turn you know what i mean like he's not mm. like constantly hitting a- it- it's not the typical like annoying anime trope of horny guy c- constantly flirting or advancing on woman woman shoots him down again and again it's like just one throw away line at that almost you know what i mean Mm-hmm. it's uh, it's a shame and the other another aspect that i kind of wish was explored more and i think is would have been more interesting to explore than this really quick forced romance between aina and shiro yeah it was super forced the is shiro was there for the 
the frickin' uh, the virus attacks on the colonies. Yeah. And he got to be there for that, and the only reason he survived was because he went a, was in a spacesuit. Now, honestly, I wish that they had really focused in on the fact that he... He suffered more from Xeon than a lot of other people did, but he was still willing to, like, try and make peace. Yeah. And... I don't know, I think you could have done something with that. Also, Ina had a lot... And I... Also, the stuff with Ina, there really wasn't... Like, I wish we'd focused more on her, like, not having a life outside of, like... Being Guineas' puppet. And yeah. it's like... And it just comes... And then it, like... You do, but it boils down to, oh, I'm in love. And then it's just like, oh, so your life is about another man now, instead of having yeah. your own personality. Yeah, it's it it fucking sucks. They they don't do either of. <sighs> they have a lot of potential, but neither of them are given the proper justice that they deserve. Yeah, I was I I was gonna say. Despite this being my favorite Gundam series, they really don't do either of the protagonists justice. Mm-hmm. It's. It's the the broader stuff and like the the side characters that kind of and the yeah. uh, animation and all the action that kind of save the whole show. And the setting and the tone. Yeah, the setting and the tone. <laughs> basically, everything else. Yeah, everything but the. I remember like like when I was a kid watching this on Toonami. I remember like, I really remember like, latching onto Shiro as a character. When and his... now I don't get why, because there's, like, nothing there! He's just a uh, good char- guy who doesn't mm-hmm. really get much growth. Sorry, go on. When his character isn't about his Ina romance, he's actually can be interesting. Yeah. Like That's this, for sure. Like, the, the whole thing of, like... I like the balance they kind of strike with him of... Yeah, I'm trying to make peace, and I... And, like, I know I'm naive. Like, he knows he's naive for wanting it, right? Yeah. He knows how... And with most characters like this, they're... The the whole point is for them to learn how naive they're being. But also that, like, maybe naivete is okay sometimes. He already knows he's naive, and he's basically... He's come full circle on the lesson, and he's trying to apply the lesson while also learning... Like, there's more subtlety to it, like... Um, when he fights that um, one Xeon soldier and um, lets them live, that Xeon soldier basically teaches him a lesson that, like, did you forget about the part where if you don't try and fight the enemy, your friends die? Yeah. And there's there's something to that. There... A lot of the issues in... Okay, no, okay. A lot of the things that happen in the later half of this series really make me wonder if this takes... Obviously, this is space future. Uh, But there's parts where it makes me wonder, does this exist in an alternate universe where we never fucking had the Geneva Conventions? (laughs) Because I know war crimes get committed all the fucking time now. They do. Uh, but I feel like you, I, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm being naive here, I guess. Yeah, uh, you are. War crimes are like literally committed in the real world 
with even though yeah, the Geneva no, Convention I, exists. So like I I know I know I I just the the idea that uh, Groucho Marx I can't remember his actual name the commander uh, the commander the he looks like Groucho Marx I'm I'm not insane here right I mean a little bit okay uh the fact that he didn't just like. I just, that entire, in the last, second to last episode, or the last two episodes, I just wanted him to, like, do the thing you see in war movies where he's like, I'm relieving you of your... Command. Position. Command. Because, like, you shot down a hospital ship. That, that, but, I, oh, man, that, that would absolutely happen. Like, no one would fucking do anything about that. You know what I... Okay, if you want to... If you want, like, an actual... Uh, there, This probably isn't an explanation, but if you want the explanation for why the equivalent of this world's Geneva Convention might not apply here. What's up? Because maybe it only applies to people who are of Earth, and they don't consider the Xeon oh, of fuck. Earth anymore. And the, the Xeon are hardly sticking to it either they're not i mean their their opening act of the one-year war was to drop a colony on australia yeah they're really not yeah okay so the opening act was basically the declaration of all bets are off yeah basically i i forgot about that i forgot the dropping the colony thing dropping the colony and the chemical attacks on the other colonies and yeah yeah all bets are off at that point. Yeah. Shit, fuck, man. Yeah, which further like when you know when you know the full the broader context of like the one year war, Shiro's naivete is even more, you know, apparent. Shocking. Yeah. Yeah. Apparent. But much like all other Gundam, it's like the the Federation aren't the good guys. <laughs> No, no, they're deaf. No, that um, that that I knew very early on. Uh, mm-hmm. I knew that at when I was watching the original Mobile Suit Gundam, and that second captain comes onto the white base and basically takes relieves Noah of his duty. Yeah, that was like, oh, okay. Okay, yeah. And in fact, the villains of Zeta are a faction of the Earth Federation. Yeah, they're they're uh, Titans. Are yeah. I I I know a little bit of the plot of uh, Zeta. I was curious, so I looked it up. Yeah. And uh, you know, I appreciate Gundam for doing stuff like that. Yeah. Uh. It. There's a part of me that's like, yeah, this this is I I appreciate this. Then there's a part of me that really just kind of likes the there's the good guys and the bad guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, but that's not what it's trying to do. Yeah, it's it. I should watch a different series if I'm looking yeah, for exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. If you if you don't want nuance, go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, I'll go watch G Gundam. <laughs> yeah, go watch G Gundam. There's no nuance in G Gundam. No, no, it's pretty clear who the bad guys are in that one. Yep, pretty clear. It's, uh, it's it's the it's the devil Gundam, yeah, and also uh, the the Neo Hong Kong guy, the guy yeah. running the thing, yeah, yeah, and then eventually becomes the leader of Neo Japan, yeah, uh, but yeah, 
G Gundam. We'll have to get to G Gundam at some point. We'll get to G Gundam at some point. I I feel like I I know what I I want to do with one of the Mazingers. Hmm. Yeah. It just depends on which one. Yeah. I don't know enough about Mazinger, so I would leave that to you. Yeah, but um, uh, think, think that's all. All I wanted to say about Eighth uh, MS team. Yeah, I don't got anything else to say either. I'm I'm pretty happy with Eighth MS team. Oh yeah, Eighth MS uh, team is really good. It's it's one of the best Gundam series still. Yeah, I still stand by um, the GPS, the GPO one Zephronthes is my favorite Gundam design. Period. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the ground type is it's a, it's a close second for me. I I love the ground type. It's yeah. It's quintessential. Like the ground type is a purchase example of simplicity at its finest. Yeah. It it's other than the gun tank. It's the most tank like Gundam. <laughs> hmm. I also like the the GM ground type too. The GM ground all, all the ground types are really strong. Yeah, and uh, I liked seeing this the uh, some of the Zaku ones on this too. Yeah, I'm always happy to see Zaku variants and the Zaku one in particular. I think the Zaku twos in this are Zaku F two C type or Zaku C type. I can't remember or F type. One of the mm. bitches. Yeah. It's a it's a bulkier Zaku too. Yeah. And I was then, also pretty happy seeing the Gelgoog. Yeah, we did see the Gelgoog. We also saw some Doms. Yeah. Doms oh my Doms are so good. Yeah, and there was another suit that um only is in this series, which is the Guff Flight type. Yeah, 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 yeah. We see that in, towards the end of the series. When they're evacuating the Xeon base. Yeah. Yeah. The flight, yeah, the flight type, the Guff flight type is pretty cool. Uh, yeah. And obviously the Guff custom, which we talked about. Yeah. But, um, anyway. Yeah, so that's 8th MS team. Uh, go watch it. Yeah, it's only and... 12 episodes. Yeah, and there's, then there's a movie that it, it we, we were, it is, I, I haven't watched Miller's report, so I don't know, but I was reading the plot synopsis for it, because I was wondering, should I watch this? And mm. it didn't make it sound like a compilation movie. Mm. It made it sound like it's an epilogue. Yeah. But I can definitely see how they could use animating a few bits of new footage as a means of uh, making a clip show, because yeah. a lot of it Someone's investigating the events of 8th MS team. Mm -hmm. So that means they can just cut to clips from the show and have new voiceover of, like, Mikhail or Elidor or Karen describing what was happening. Yeah. Or Sanders. Whoever. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, Uh, watch that. I'm going to keep looking for Miller's report and then I'll probably talk about it in my week next week because I really do want to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, but until then, uh, stick around because when we get back, speaking of compilation movies, we're going to watch Escaflone the movie. We'll see you then. Now, back to... 
Acme Podcasts Incorporated. Acme Podcasts Incorporated. And welcome back, everybody, to Acme Podcast Incorporated. Uh, real quick, there's something I just remembered that we that I didn't do on the last episode, uh, on the last segment, I mean. But uh, Mobile Suit Gundam: The Oit MS Team was directed by Umenosuke Aida and Takeyuki Kanda, with writing credits going to Yoshiyuki Tomino, Akira Okea, and Hiroaki Kitajima. Uh, now that that's out of the way, uh, Escafloni the Movie from 2000 is a compilation movie that sums up the events of the TV show, or maybe part of the TV show. Uh, you uh, know more about Escafloni it, than it me. Cover, it's basically a super abridged retelling Okay. of the show. Uh, I'm going to guess with new animation. Oh, yeah. Okay. This is all yeah. new. Okay. Uh, uh, Bones. Bones did this, actually. It shows, because uh, this thing's got bones. Uh, <laughs> um, it's directed by Kazuki Akane and Yoshiyuki uh, Takei, with uh, writing credits going to Ryota Yamaguchi and Kazuki Sekine. Yeah, um, Akane, uh, pretty prolific. He's the production runner for a lot of the episodes in Double Zeta, uh, he worked. He was the production runner on Shars Counterattack. Okay. He was also he was also um, storyboard artist for uh, uh, other things. Like he was the he was also assistant. Star- he was um, the unit director for Stardust Memory. Okay. And he was also the series director and storyboard artist for um, most of the actual television show, uh, the Escaflonia television show. Okay. Which okay. is probably why they had him work on this, because he also did the show. Mm, and, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, he's also a storyboard artist for Samurai Champloo. Oh. Uh, original and creator director for Noeen. Okay. Uh, I, I, I haven't seen it, but I know it. Uh, Ergo Proxy. Okay. Bur- Birdie the Mighty. He's also the director of Stars Align. That one I don't know. It's a 2019 anime. Okay. It's about um. I think we talked about it. Stars Align. Really? Yeah. Uh. Tennis. It's about tennis. Oh yeah 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 yeah! I started watching that on Hulu uh, ages ago. Yeah. He's he's a director of that. Okay. 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 Yeah. This definitely. It matches the tone of Stars Align, not the content, but the tone. Yeah, the other person that I really recognize here is uh, Yoko Kano, who did uh, the music for this. She's really prolific. She did the music for. Yeah. Um, she was composer on Porco Rosso. She worked on Macross Plus. Yeah. Uh, the Mask Escaflone TV show. She's the composer for Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, and the movie for that, and some of the Ghost of the Shell stuff, and Turn Wolf A Gundam, Rain, Turn a Gundam, yeah, yeah, she's 
She's pro. She's prolific is too soft a word. Yes. Space dandy. You know what? You don't even have to say. Anything. Just say she. She was the composer for Cowboy Bebop. That's it. Like that, that's really all you need. Yeah. That alone. <laughs> like that alone. Wait, she worked on. Hold on. She was the composer for the opening and ending of Obon. Wow. Damn. She also worked on a bunch of video games. Yeah. Then movies. What movies did she do? Or uh, I mean, the other Nascafone. Nothing I recognize. But um, anyway, I was just I was looking at the cat, like the the production team, and I was like, I was seeing if there was anybody I just recognized off the top of my head. Yeah. But I I definitely recognize Kano. But yeah. Oh, she did slope. Uh, kids on the slope. Oh. Or, or oh oh wait, wait wait no 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 I'm sorry. Uh, she was just a musician on two episodes. Oh okay, got it. Uh, but um, she did the piano on those two episodes. So got it. That that's a big part of the show. Yeah. Um. And the uh, production and animation, like I said, were, were Bones and uh, Sunrise. Yeah. But um, anyway, as for the movie, it's a, you can tell it's an abridged retelling of a TV show. <laughs> yeah, it, it's... I was going to say, uh, the only bad thing I really have to feel say about it is that it really feels stilted. Its pacing uh, is is its pacing is either sluggish or too fast. It it go it it's um it's an ambush predator of a movie. Damn, that's a good analogy. Yeah. Ambush predator of a movie. Yeah. Um but yeah, the other than it and its pacing is just it's it's all over the place and it's like this movie probably should have been longer. It, it should have been a trilogy. It should, should have, been, have been a trilogy. It should have been two movies at the very least. At the very least, yeah, two. Um, um, but other than the uh, the pacing, a lot of the other stuff is like, like from a production standpoint. Oh, it's beautiful to look at. This movie's gorgeous. Like even the parts where I was like, "Oh, ah, oh, I don't like looking at that." It was still so fucking beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like the 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 stuff inside of the dragon armor and whatnot. Yeah, specifically like at the end where Van has like th- he's bleeding because he's using the fucking robot. <laughs> yeah, the dragon blood. <laughs> oh, oh, god! I, oh, I do not like the idea of. The, the mech hurting you as you pilot. I don't like that. But I could not look away. It This is so fucking good. I want to watch this here. I know it's not going to be as beautifully animated. Uh, there but I are still want the, the show, not as beautifully animated, but is still, still pretty damn pretty. Okay. From what I've, what have, from what I've seen, there's, there's some definitely nice Sakuga in uh, the show. Okay. But, um, the movie is, um, different from the show and other than it's abridged. It's, uh, the world Gaia, Mm -hmm. uh, is more Asian-inspired in the movie than Western-inspired like it is in the show. Oh. There's a lot of samurai armor in the movie, but in the, in the, the show, it's more leaning into the classical Western European fantasy stuff yeah it, yeah i could kind of tell looking at the 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 mech design that 
I thought the existence of all the more uh, eastern. Yeah, I was gonna say I was gonna say Eastern, but I kind of I was deciding whether I want to say Eastern or Japanese. <laughs> uh, Japanese and Eastern style armor uh, felt out of place next to the the dragon robot, dragon armor. By the way, the dragon armor, the Escaflone itself is one of my favorite fucking robots. It's real cool. Um, it it remind. <sighs> This is not a criticism. I, I, I'm having a hard time finding the right words that I want to say this, but it's not a criticism. Mm. Um, it reminds me of Omnimon. Yeah. No, I feel it. It reminds me of Gallantmon and Omnimon. Yeah. I throw uh, Imperial Dr- Imperial Dramon uh, fighter mode. Yeah, slash uh, paladin mode. Slash paladin mode, yeah. But... Uh, um. Yeah, no, it, it it's definitely like in that same vein of like big armored. It also there's there was a game uh called White White Knight Chronicles. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, I I know that. Yeah, I remember that coming out. Yeah, it's White Knight Chronicles is definitely uh aping a lot of shit from Escaflone for sure. Yeah. That that was the um the PS3 launch title game, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it was like about these five legendary magic armors that turned into giant robots. Yeah, I, I remember uh, friends I had. I had two friends. One of them got a 360 and the other one got the PS3. And I remember they they weren't like they weren't console fanboys. It was just their choice. And I remember uh, both of them were excited for the big JRPGs that were exclusive to each title. To each console, so like one of them was real excited for White Knight Chronicles, and the other one was real excited for Blue Dragon. I don't think either of them got what they wanted in that scenario. No, I I re- I was gonna say the story ends. Uh, I remember like both of them got the game, but they didn't get to play it. And that day at school, both of them were just talking about it, and they left school real excited because they were gonna sit down when they got home and play it. And they both came to school the next day pissed. <laughs> Yeah, Blue Dragon and White Knight Chronicles were not good. No, no. Unfortunately. No, they were not good. Ooh. Yeah. Friends is a strong word. They they were classmates. I barely knew them. I just they didn't even know each other. I just remember the mm. confluence. Um Yeah, the 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 aesthetic of this movie and all the and the animation are beautiful it it's animation style you know did you ever see uh vampire hunter d uh the uh what was it called the the movie i have not you should look at screenshots of that and be like oh yeah no this is same style for sure i i i've seen screenshots i i know exactly what you're talking about and you're right yeah same (laughs) it's same style yeah especially the faces and how big and the way the eyes are yeah, but um, yeah, the 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 it's kind of a so this is kind of going off of the pacing thing, but like the robot shows up at the very beginning, and then it like disappears. It's gone. It disappears, and it's only in the last like twenty minutes of the movie that it comes back. I I honestly I kind of like that. Um, 
I wish it had shown okay. up at least one other time before then, you know? Yeah. I... Okay. If there had been a bunch of other mech fights, I don't know if there would have been as much time to get to know the characters of at least Hitomi and Van. We needed, like, 10 to 15 more minutes in this movie. Yeah. We needed it for... To, to, we needed it to, like, get more Hitomi and Vaughn stuff, and we needed it to, like, have one other fight with the dragon armor. Yeah. Because um, I, I... I did walk away from this very positive. I liked it. Yeah. But I feel like there was, like... Uh, this, this movie's an hour and a half long, right? Yeah, it's like 98 minutes. I feel like for the first 45 minutes, I spent a lot of time asking myself, why do I care about either of these characters? Exactly, which you probably and would then have. And then it hit. Yeah. And I feel like if they had put in... If they had taken some of that time away for a mech, bite, mech battle the end of the movie would have come around and I still would have been asking myself, why do I care about these characters? Hmm. Or why did they expect me to care about these characters? Yeah. So it really needed another 10, 20 minutes so we could have that extra mech battle. Because I agree. Uh, it really could have benefited from it, but at the timestamp it has, it would have suffered for it. It would have, which is why it really does suffer from trying to be a condensed retelling of a 26-episode anime. Yeah, it, it's why I don't enjoy compilation movies in general. Because um, mm. I, I, I've over the years, I've explained to many people my hang-ups with Gundam, and they've been like, just watch the movie versions of Mobile Suit Gundam. I'm like, fuck you! No, I'm not doing that. Hmm. You're gonna lose so fucking much from doing that. I don't even have to see those movies to know they lose a lot from doing that. Fuck that. Compilation movies are the worst. It, it's the worst way to imbibe a story. That said, this movie is fucking amazing. It's the best compilation movie I've ever seen. Hmm. But it I'm still not... does the thing that every compilation movie does, which is make me say I should go watch the rest of the series. Yeah, and when, and I and I do I really do want to want to go watch the show. Yeah, um, I'm glad you enjoyed it because the last two the other things I picked from the last episode you were like lukewarm. Yeah, um, I was not expecting to like this because you're the only person I've ever heard say anything good about Escaflone. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it it's not that I question your judgment; it's just I question. When I only hear one person say something good about something, I'm like, it obviously appeals to something that's very much their taste. Yeah. Um, Which, and, uh, to, to be fair, it, it is. Yeah. I still really like this. This I did not expect to, and I really fucking did. Yeah. Um, I hope the show... Like, I don't know if the show as... I mean, obviously the show is not going to have as cool animation. No. Like, I hope the show is good. I'm not expecting to love the show either, even though I really, I, I just wanted to fill out the, the stuff that we're clearly missing from this movie. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that, like, given if this movie had more time, could have really worked. Like, Vaughn's shit with um his brother. Yeah. And, like, 
It's like you see how, like, oh, I see the follow-through in this whole storyline that the show would have done, but it would have done it, like, better paced. Yeah. You know. <sighs> like the, By the, the character... way, Vulcan? Yeah, Vulcan, yeah. Uh, well, Vulcan. Vul- I thought it was the... Vulcan. Uh, no, it, it's with an F. Okay. Um, I, maybe, I... I... Yeah, no, I'm looking at it written out, and it's Falcon Fanel, which is, I'm, unless I'm thinking of it, that that's the brother, right? I'm not yes, insane. That's that's the brother. Okay, yeah, um, that David Bowie Goblin King looking motherfucker. Yeah. It just one for one, man. Just one for one. No, he he looks like David Bowie from fucking Labyrinth. You're not wrong. Yeah. You remind me of the babe. The babe with the power. Yeah, I don't do a good David Bowie. Uh, he he also reminds me of a fucking Fist of the North Star character. He yeah, uh, he's not quite big enough for it, but he just yeah he looks like a Fist of the North Star villain. He does a smaller one, but yes. Yeah. Uh, one who hasn't somehow managed to be a villain without having enough water. Because he's a little dehydrated. He's, yeah. he's Fist of the North Star Jerky, man. Sorry. Like, uh, no, yeah, there's he, like little story shit that I'm like, oh, this probably would have been really cool if we had give, gotten more context with the show. Like the stuff about how you get it through context clues, but it would have been nice to have been told these things. Like, oh, Vaughn has wings because the dragon people have wings. Oh, Lord Vulcan can't use the giant robot because he gave up his wings so he therefore he's forsaken the dragon and etc because he hates the whole idea and it's like oh okay you can get that through context clues and then the uh the end of him being killed by uh the lion man who because his his people were enslaved by him and it's like we got a couple lines about that but again more context yeah more context again from from the show probably would have definitely helped that I also would have liked a little more, um, like, flashbacks to for Hitomi's life before she gets Isekai'd. Oh, yeah, I'm sure we would have definitely gotten a lot more in the actual yeah. kill itself. Um, um, honestly, the, 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 scene, the stuff in the real world before she goes there is the most, like, trippy shit, honestly. Yeah, it, it's trippy and depressing and oof. The way it's, like... The cinematography. Yeah. Um, it it I, gets a little bit into that um, Satoshi Khan. It, it actually reminds me of... I don't know if you remember this, but there's an episode of Digimon Adventure where it's when Ty fights Edamon with Moto Greymon and he gets pulled back to uh, Odaiba. And yeah. Like, everything... Yeah, he's there for like a day and everything's all gray and he's trying to figure out how to get back. Yeah. It it also kind of gives me a little bit of that feeling from the uh, the Dark Ocean episode. Yeah. Of two. You mean yeah. that plot line that never went anywhere? Never fucking went anywhere. God damn it. Ugh. You mean like most of the plot lines in Zero Two? Yeah. And then it turned I... out was and then it turned out was Myotismon. Yeah. That... <laughs> mm. <laughs> fucking shit. Oh man, like I. 
I guess my love for Zero Two is more nostalgic. That was that was my first Digimon. I, I there... saw maybe one or two of uh, the original, but Zero yeah. Two was where I really got into it. Listen, I um, give Zero Two shit, but Zero Two has some good stuff in it. Don't get it twisted. Yeah, uh, oh, no, no, no. Even as someone who Zero Two is probably it's the one that I always think it, it's my first thought when I think Digimon is Davis and Vmon. Um, more than yeah. Tai and Agumon, but even I admit it. It it is the king of uh unused potential <laughs> of of am, nowhere plot lines. I am really looking forward to eventually talking about Digimon. Yeah, it, it's just tough because they're they're an episode's worth. Each season is one episode of yeah. us. Yeah, it's it's one episode. And I, I hate doing I hate doing that. I, I But there's I, so much to talk about. I know, there's no way to do it other than that. <laughs> I just exactly. I hate I I hate the idea of only doing one show an episode. Because also when we're doing one show an episode, I don't know where to put the middle split and I a little can... uh, inside baseball for the listeners here. The middle split is real important for me because that's usually where I go walk my dog. We um, I think when we do those, we need to find a natural stopping point. Yeah. And we will, Uh, because I would, there's too much, even if, even if, even if you take out all the filler from adventure and condense it, there's still so much to talk about. With adventure, I don't know where to do the split, but with zero two, I do know where to do the split. And it's when, uh, they switch from, uh, the Digimon Emperor being the villain to Arukenimon. I mean, uh, you could do it. I think the split could be like the uh, digi- when they b- right before they go to the, the human world. If you wanted to split it, yeah, that is a good splitting point. I always forget like the, this. That's like the middle. That's the middle point. I always forget that for some reason my brain always condenses everything after they go back to the the human world into just like. Maybe f- seven or eight episodes for some reason. They're there for a while, but it yeah, they're there for a fucking while. Uh, it's the best arc in the whole show, Ayama. Yeah, yeah. But um, anyway, uh, Tamers. I, I don't know where to cut Tamers. I we just have to do the whole show. It's well, there's no way around it. Oh no, no, I just mean to cut like in our oh. episode. Oh yeah, but we'd bounce all over the place even if we tried to like follow through on the you know yeah uh, we'll, we'll, that, that that's yeah, for we'll another time. yeah but um uh the other thing i wanted to say about escaflonia was it was really funny we watched the dub so it was like oh this is just the inuyasha cast <laughs> yeah there was one point where i was just like oh hey scott mcneil <laughs> yeah hey scott mcneil how's it going <laughs> freaking uh lord lord falcon is a uh, freaking naraku yeah. And Moroku this... is Vaughn is Moroku and Hitomi is Sango. Yeah. I I would say it's a reunion, but I'm pretty sure they were recording in Yasha at the same time as they were probably doing this dub. Yeah, this came out in the in two thousand, so this would have been an early Inuyasha. No, uh, I'm sorry, I just meant on the English dub side. Cause oh yeah, on the English dub I... side? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that would have been yeah. The sure. movie came out 2000, which means it'd probably be another year or two. 
Until it got dubbed into English. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure 2002 was probably around when Inuyasha started getting dubbed. Yeah. Because I remember... I remember the only other kid in my middle school who I knew for sure liked anime was super into Inuyasha. I was that kid. Yeah. But, um... Yeah. Uh, this... Honestly... Uh, if I were to... If, if you could... If, if you... If this... If Escafone interests you at all... I'd say check this movie out, and if you want it, if you want more, go watch the show. You know. Yeah. Um. It, like most compilation movies, it's a really good primer. Yeah, it it kind of gives you a feel of kind of, of what you're gonna get from the show. Yeah. Maybe stop watching about an hour in. <laughs> Uh, in case you want to save the ending for when you watch the show. Yeah, for sure. Uh, if you get an hour in and you're like, I don't really feel like watching the show, finish watching the movie. Because then you might decide, I want more. Yeah. There's a lot of like little things about, like specifically the robot design, like Escaflone itself. Yeah. I love how organic it is. Yeah, it's super organic. Uh, I'm that that that's not really a uh, design aspect I'm usually fond of in Mecha, but it really works here. Yeah, it, it's because it's like a magical robot, yeah. so it works yeah. more. And the fact that it's powered by blood. Oh, I hate that part. I'm sorry. Like it, it's it's cool. I just hate the visual aspect of that. I I really like when it's like. It connects to him, and then like the literal heart starts pumping. Yeah, on the no, robot. It, it's cool as hell. It's sick as shit. Oh, but I, I. Yeah, no, I, I don't have I, I don't have uh, hemophilia, or I'm not hemophilia. Um, hemophobia. Uh, but I, I get like uh, sympathy pains. You know mm. what I mean. Yeah, 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 I got you. So, what, like, any scene that really focuses in on, like, something puncturing, pu- punching in to and piercing the flesh of someone, uh, that, yeah. oh, it, it makes my asshole clench. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. But, um, it's just a cool robot. Yeah. I would it, love, a, fig- cool I would love a figure of it. Good luck with that. I'm pretty sure those things are long out of production and worth yeah. at least a thousand bucks. Unless they're oh, pieces yeah. of shit. Yeah. I'm you sure you can find, find a, a cheap one. You might be able to find a statue. Yeah. But, you know, that's for... i have to look up later. Oh! Uh, <laughs> actually, I, I just found on eBay... Um, uh-huh. The vision of Escaflone, the guy Malef, a uh, Modoroid model kit figure for $60 with eleven eighty five shipping. That's not bad. No. It's not bad at all, actually. Uh, mm. Link into you there in the Discord for you. Mm. And uh, I'll look at that later. Thank you. Yeah. 
Uh, for anyway, the listeners, just go to eBay. No, uh, just going to say for listeners, go to eBay and type no. in Escaflone figure and you'll find it. Uh, oh. Yeah, first thing that comes up. Anyway. I found an incomplete Escaflone uh, action figure from 2001 that's just like 30 bucks. <laughs> it's in, it's incomplete. It doesn't have the cape or the sword, but... You know, you could probably make a cape. Oh, you for sure could. Uh, like, even if you don't make one, you could find an appropriate cape. Just uh, type in Mythic Legion's cape into eBay, and you'll find a bunch of people selling really good uh, capes with wireframes in them for posing. Yeah. I mean, the sword would probably be more of a problem, but you could find a cape. Yeah, you, you could find a replacement sword, but not one that's... Perfect. Visually, yeah, not one that's perfect. Because uh, it has a little bit of, like, a Zweihander feel to it. It's not a perfect yeah. Zweihander, but... Yeah. yeah. But, uh, anyway. Yeah, it's Escaflone. Okay. Escaflone. Uh, we're going to take... Yeah, Escaflone. We're going to take one more short break and when we get back we're gonna close this bitch out we will see you then Now back to the show. Do you see how your patience paid off? Uh, welcome back, everybody, to Acme Podcast Incorporated. I'm going to close this out now. We got Oethemesti and Escafloni under the belt. Uh, that's week two of Mecha March. Kai, what do you think? Uh, definitely a um, more uh, positive uh, vibe from the previous episode, for sure. Yeah, um, well, it, it, it's easier this week because we found two, two things that we're both positive about. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh... And I've never seen the next thing that we're going to be talking about, so... Yeah, we're going straight into my neck of the woods, which is uh, Super Dimensional Fortress Macross and Macross Plus. Mm -hmm. That's the uh, TV show and the movie? Yeah, um... Okay, so... We'll get into this more on that episode, next episode, but basically they're are a couple Macross movies uh, that come before uh, Macross Plus, but those are compilation movies, and then there is a uh, one that is... It was meant to be a sequel, but it was so god-awful that even the cast said this isn't canon. Mm -hmm. I mean, the crew. Sorry, the crew was like, this isn't canon. It, it yeah, was yeah, yeah. abysmal. And then they put out Macross Plus, and uh, the people in charge, who were the people in charge of 
Super Dimensional Fortress Macross, fairly certain about that fact, uh, said uh, this is the first canon sequel to Super Dimensional Fortress Macross. Ah, okay. Um, Macross, or more specifically Robotech, was my first exposure to Mecha. Yeah, you mentioned that uh, at the top of the show, I think. Yeah. Uh, I, I was trying to remember... Uh, specifics how again I'll get into the full story when we get to next episode but basically uh, I think I I rented a VHS that had a couple episodes of Robotech on it gotcha uh, when I was very little but um that's the show yeah that's it for this episode uh good episode Uh, Mm -hmm. come back next week for Macross uh, for beginning of Macross uh, and, uh, but if if you're listening to this, please rate us, review us, feedback. Yeah, we need those reviews and those ratings, and we need to get the word out there. Uh, cause, well, we'd like to. We we we'd like to grow this mm-hmm. entity. Um, and. More importantly than getting the word out there through the ratings, we really do need the feedback. Yeah. Uh, to know how to improve. We want to make this show better. We want to make this show the best it can be. Yeah. Um, I dream of the day that I see this in the top ten of the iTunes charts. Hmm. For podcasts. I dream of the day when when we have a Patreon and we can yeah, make money off of nice. this. We, have a, we that... can make money off of this. Yeah, that... Yeah, I think... I think uh, the iTunes one would have to come first before we could really say this would be... A Patreon would be profitable, but... I don't know. We'd have to see. Yeah. Uh, but if you would like to provide us with some feedback, you can do that by emailing us at acmepodcastinc at gmail.com. Kai, let me hear that back. That's acmepodcastinc at gmail.com. Oh, that's right. Uh, and if you want to find us on the Twit space, uh, that's Twitter, you can do that by going to... Mm -hmm. At... At Ink Podcasts. Yep, that's at Ink Podcasts. I still need to change that. You do. Yep. At Ink Podcasts. At I-N-C-P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. At Ink Podcasts. You can also find us on Tumblr at acmepodcasts.tumblr.com. That's acmepodcasts.tumblr.com. Yep. Uh, Speaking of the Tumblr. Yeah, hey. Uh, oh, no emails, no messages on the tweet space, but hey, Kai, we got anything in that there old ask box? We have an ask. By the way, if you want to have your ask or question right on the show, send it to that email or send it to me on the Tumblr. We have an ask from Anonymous. Anonymous asks, uh, when will you do Gundam Seed for the show? <laughs> Uh, 
when you pay me. That's the answer. I genuinely don't know enough about Gundam Seed. I just I just know that I look at the protagonist and think I I I want to root for the enemy. <laughs> Gundam Seed is fucking a travesty. Oh boy. It's 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 kind of a trash fire. There are people who will defend it though, and I'm sure Oh, I there. Yeah, there's people who will defend anything. Uh, yeah, there's people but, who will defend Sword Art Online. Yeah, uh, I'm sure for a lot of people, this is their first Gundam, and mm-hmm. you know, okay. Like in all seriousness, um, I we want to limit any shows that we we don't want to limit to doing any shows that we. Could, that had the potential to be like just there's like there's, listen there's nothing wrong with like I know there's the the goof of like hey you want I want you to hear I want to hear how much you hate the, this thing or make you suffer through it yeah I mean that's fun for you but pay me <laughs> I I might watch this on my own and do it in my week one week all right uh because I'm I'm genuinely. Curious about anything with Gundam in the name. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, even that god-awful live-action one. Like, oh, fucking G-Savior? What the fuck yeah, that thing was called? Yeah, G-Savior, yeah. Genuinely curious. Um, I remember when that thing came out. I remember reading an article in fucking... Must have been An America or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or, I, I just remember being like... That's gotta be shit. And I'm only... 12. 11 years... Yeah, that was what, 2002? Mm-hmm. I'm 12, and I know that sounds like shit. <laughs> but I'm, to this day, curious. But, you know, shows like that, or things like that that are, like, infamous, or movies or whatever, that it's like, oh yeah, I want to see you go through something that's, like, infamously bad... I think those can be Patreon goals. How about that? (laughs) If that happens. Um. But that's That's not how I'd want to do it, but. Mm. I. I, Um. That's not how I'd want to do it. Uh. I'm. I'm I'm letting you know. At some point, I'm going to watch this. And then that. I'll do it on the week. Because you clearly don't want to watch it. Um. Unless you're getting paid to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm genuinely curious. I was gonna recommend Seed for next Mecha March, honestly, because um, I'm curious. Um, but I'll just okay. do this on my own. Okay. But um, anyway, so, thank you, thank you, Anon, for the question. I hope that answers your question. If and if again, if you want to have your question answered on the show, send that email to acmepodcastinc at gmail dot com. Or uh, you send it, send me an ask on the Tumblr, acmepodcast at uh, acmepodcast.tumblr.com. Or DM us on Twitter. Or yeah, or DM us on Twitter. But, uh, um, that's that's where you that's how you can get in touch with the show. If you want to yeah. get in touch with us. Yeah, uh, you can get you can get at me on uh, the Twit Space via. Uh, at Turbo Honcho, that's at T-U-R-B-O-H-O-N-C-H-O. At Turbo Honcho. 
Kai, where can they get at you? Uh, you can find me at kaiju underscore emperor on Twitter. That's K-A-I-J-U underscore E-M-P-E-R-O-R. And you can also find me on Tumblr at kaiju-emperor, spelled the exact same way. And again, that's you. That's stuff like reblogs, retweets, shit that I like, mostly. Um, nothing usually original. If you want anything original, or if you like just D&D, I have a side blog on Tumblr called Kai's Tome, K-A-I-S-T-O-M-E. And that's, I reblog uh, maps and other homebrew stuff, and I make my own homebrew stuff on there for D&D and other tabletop things, if that is of interest to you. And that's that's it for me. Alright. Well, until then, uh, don't be a jackass. We'll catch you next time. Bye! Over there? I guess. B -b -b -b